or is it? One fifty six. Is it six or seven? Six girl. Six uh, girl. Six girl. was advertised. Yeah. Yeah. Get right. it. Yeah, it might six. be seven. Six. I don't know. Fun. We may have totally missed that. But well, I it's all good. Is. It's fucking six. It's another girl. fucking episode. That's what it is. What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 156. I did check while we were doing the intro song to make sure that is correct, 156. I am your host, Anthony Traffany. I am joined by my resident homies, as always, Joel Horner, Casey Howard, and Joseph K. Full bunch tonight. I am back in the warehouses of South San Francisco tonight. Oh, shit. Yep, back to the old school. You know, I think my tires need to be aligned again. (laughs) Yeah, I just got new new tires, so I'm going to hit you about that. Maybe it's a... a Do you uh, you. brake brake pads by any chance also? Do it all, dude. We do it all. (laughs) <laughs> this thing is with he anthony he doesn't he doesn't like his like uh company advertised because he's like dude it might bring yeah. more business dude i know <laughs> i know <laughs> I, I, I like posted a picture oh. like in front of us and he was like no don't uh, <laughs> i know well i i don't know i got kind of weird because well, i didn't know no, it's fine weird people would show up but, but anthony like like how do you like so my car is veering to the left a little bit so like... there's multiple reasons why that would happen casey <laughs> tell me are, are cars naturally supposed to veer to the right for the to go off really? to the? No, I, I mean that. My dad told me that in like the nineties. Roads actually will make your car go to the right naturally. It's not flat. Okay, it's, okay. There is a curve really? to, the, yeah, to any road that you really drive on. Emergency area, so it goes out. If you're like not controlling oh. the wheel, it will take you to the right. Like in but, America, then. But depending on the vehicle, <laughs> I can align it to fight that while you're driving and make it still go straight. Yeah, if you have, if you have a British car, it'll just make you go into oncoming traffic, and then you. <laughs> <laughs> I have driven right-handed drive vehicles, dude. It feels weird, dude. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, we're joined by uh, Ian Andrews of Burning Palace, dude. Andrew, San- how's it going? How's it going did, I, did I multiply his last name? I mean. Make it- <laughs> There multiply. could be more than one of me. So. Plural. Yeah. Did I multiply it? Th- that's fair. Uh-oh. It's a singular. Converted it to mathematics instead of... Uh, what time but- is he joining on? <laughs> dude, Ian, thanks for coming out, dude. Hell yeah. Thank you for having me, man. Right on. No doubt, dude. We uh, uh, ran into each other at Cannibal. We've run into each other so many times at shows, dude. And, and you've been a part of... Uh, the scene for several years dude and and you're only a few years younger than me right we just established that recently in conversation yeah yeah i'm 35 so yeah dude. yeah so four years younger than me like you were there at a lot of pound shows a, a lot of bay shows even though you were in santa rosa you, ma- you were making the trek kind of like uh joel would you know come but you were just coming from the north instead of the south you know mm-hmm. Because you so do you do a Phoenix Theater? 
Was that? Yeah, yeah. Was Phoenix Theater is a big place for sure. For sure, yeah, there's yeah, still yeah, like yeah. a lot of good shows that are put on and like a, a come through there. Okay, um, okay, yeah, yeah. That, we but did, there, yeah. didn't you play there with us, Casey? Us, uh, decrepit. Didn't you play Phoenix Theater? It was like a skate park or something. Yeah, yeah, skate? yeah. You, you guys definitely did. Yeah. You guys definitely did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. remains and shit. That's familiar. Yeah, yeah, and, and Monstrosity's yeah. bus like broke down, so like That's they couldn't right. make it or whatever. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I just remember that show being a total trip, dude, because I was so into you guys at the time, and it was just like who's who in the band and like who's playing, you know what I mean? And yeah, you guys yeah. were all there, like all setting up, and it was like, oh, like who broke down, you know? Because I still wanted uh, to go to the show, and uh, I remember I like went, and it was around the time of my birthday. And uh, I like, brought like my dad out, dude, and he's like totally down, and like he's all like getting stoned and stuff. And uh, <laughs> we're like seeing you guys like a sound check, and then you guys are about to start, and all of a sudden, like this dude, like we're in a backpack, like comes to like the crowd or whatever, and hops on stage and like pulls a microphone out and like oh, starts like going at it. It's and it's Bill. like, dude, like is that the singer? And it's like, yeah, dude, like that's Bill or whatever. Bill, it was, I like, it was so <laughs> like out of control, and I was just like, dude, like I don't know if everybody here can really. Uh, appreciate this you know what i mean but like i was glad i was yeah. there you know what i mean it was it, it was a trip dude all of the uh uh and time begins shit and like uh a diminishing it was just like damn and it like that like ju just like yeah, uh it so. came out too so like like that was just yeah. off the hook man for sure i remember the the sound system being like it was natural it was guitar amps and then there was no like pa for guitar amps and then there was like maybe something for the drums i don't know it like was probably pretty rough at that time for sure yeah i mean we were just going like fuck we there was no monitors like we didn't have monitors. where where was the show again i got some Petaluma, phoenix, Petaluma. Theater, phoenix. Oh. Is, that, is that got the restaurant in the front nah, uh, no, no. It's like okay. an old abandoned or not abandoned but like yeah. an old skate uh kind of like indoor skate skate place and like a teen yeah. hang okay. kind of thing. Yeah. movie theater or something like yeah. you walk through it like it's yeah. an old movie theater and it's got yeah. it's like all it's tattooed it's all like graffitied on in, inside and it was, you know it's kind of got its own vibe to it but it's a huge deal to the people out there that's like where they get death metal shows without having to go to the you know all the way to the pound or pound yeah. or anything mm -hmm. in the city or sacramento or anything so that was anything. your little bubbles sanctuary <laughs> at the time yeah yeah, yeah. How far was that from your house? Uh, from like Santa Rosa, it's like a twenty minute drive or something okay. like that. It's like it's, so it's not like bad, going to know. Santa Cruz from my house or something. Yeah, yeah you just gotta get down there, or whatever. Okay. Shout, real quick, I gotta shout do a to, shout to out. Fucking Joseph is muted, but like you look like you had a good question though. Like that's the one thing with your, your body <laughs> language looks really good. As a sign. <laughs> um it wasn't a question it was a it was a, i saw hate eternal play the phoenix theater with hannes grossman on drums so that was a oh, shit. nice yeah. that's sick hell yeah oh, oh is what's up ryan paul is this Shout paul ryan <laughs> might be ryan paul <laughs> <laughs> i want to go do your shout ryan out paul. shout out to uh colby the gloam vocalist and guitarist who works the drum section at uh starving musician santa cruz who sold me a tom drum today i wore the shirt for you bro that's why i wore it today i came in i was like what up we got multiple gloam nice. shout outs in the chat it's awesome yep. gloam are cool i forget what my shout out was now <laughs> yeah and shout out to pygus i've bought multiple things at starving musician in santa cruz i've sold a bunch of shit actually joel yeah. from uh the ba uh, Joel, seven G's used to work there for a little while, and I would sell stuff to him. Seven G's worked there, really? Yeah, oh, yeah. Dude, shout out to Seven G's. I haven't heard that. I know what in the a fuck? Dude. What's he oh, doing? he was 
he works at uh Blue Lagoon doing security. I went by during Halloween. <laughs> what? He's yeah. definitely a, he's a good security yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. He's a, he's a he, he was guy. like, dude, I'm gonna stamp your ham now because it'll be a cover later. <laughs> and I was like, thanks. And I did go in and use their bathroom at like 10 p.m. after cover hours. I mean, he's kind, he of, is kind a, of a terminator, isn't he? He's yeah, got he's <laughs> six foot six, maybe he's a yeah, big he's dude. got an intimidating height for sure. And I've seen him. I remember one time we I, I went and hung out with him or at a show or something at the Blue Lagoon, and then like all of a sudden this like low rider came up, and then he was all what's up? Got all like and just like jumped into a low rider and like with a bunch of like gangsters and took off. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Who is this guy? I was like, he's a character, dude. Yeah, yeah. I was like, this guy is like he's all super oh, chill and mellow. Good. And like these gangsters showed up and he just did all these handshakes and then they jumped into the a low rider like with like fucking bumping I'm up down, and down, dude. just bounced off. I was like, That's wild. I, I would know. do that. That was awesome. <laughs> I've done it before on and I hammered night, but anyways. When we went home from the ominous tour to Santa Cruz, his brother, who's older, picked us yeah. up and we had like an incredibly emotional conversation for like an hour from like San Jose to Santa Cruz. Then I just like gave like them both like ultra hugs when I got off. I was like, yeah. that was so meaningful. They're cool. That's rad, cool yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Shout out. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, oh yeah. So, uh, and also shout out to uh, Bulletproof Coffee. Oh, bulletproof. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do bulletproofcoffee.com. I'm just kidding. Battleforge oh, Coffee. Wait, hold on. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got. I got to check my grinder, dude. Yeah. Um, Battleforge Coffee. That's uh, where we want you to go if you uh, make your coffee at home. Make it with that shit. That's the good shit from our homies in Deeds of Flesh. They got some swag too. If you wanna represent out and about or while you're sitting in your coffee nook your breakfast nook having your wonderful breakfast that you cooked with your battleforge coffee yeah. then you could also when you get ready and after you drink that coffee and you're getting ready to go jam you go do it at generator rehearsal studios.com and you fucking yeah. you got that caffeine in you you're ready to blast beat for 45 minutes straight like Casey Howard does. For rent also. <laughs> pianos for rent for sure. <laughs> He's got couches for rent, pianos for rent. He's like a rent center. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh calidethpodcast.bigcartel.com is where you're going to buy some shirts from us to help us out on the merch side. That's really the only thing we're selling to you guys. Cool shirts. I uh I have some. They're comfortable. Go buy them. Shout and, out to Risham. Thanks for the order. Shout out to Dennis. Looking forward to seeing a picture when that shit arrives in Sweden. Hell yeah. Uh, Casey's trying about. to do the horns and the green screens is taking away <laughs> so, the horns. It's, it's like a horns. fist. He's <laughs> 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 all damn it. <laughs> it's like really good. Uh, like Return green screens. Uh, <laughs> any uh shows for you, Joseph? Yeah, yeah. Wait, I'm gonna put the picture up. Hold on, dude. Could you? Hold. Okay, I'll just talk about it while I do it. Yeah. Um, Last of Lucy is playing Ruin Fest, <laughs> uh, the festival put on by uh, Voices of Ruin, the SoCal like kind of death metal melodic death metal band. Nice. And uh, I'm putting the flyer up so you can see. But pessimist, pessimist is the main headliner. Oh, nice. Oh, fuck yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Right on. oh yeah, yeah. Dude. Nice. I'm stoked on that. Um, so, I mean, there's like nine bands, so we can we can walk through them. Here it comes. 
Um, oh, shit. Here we go. This is our last show of the year. Bam. Boys are ruined. Ooh. Pessimist. Last to Lucy. Uh, our homies, Embryonic Devourment. Nice. Harlequin oh, yeah. are sick. Shout Plagues out. of Chaos through the Oculus Anubis. I'm going to take a shot at that one I skipped. Is that Mithrial? Oh, my, ther- oh my, my therapy. My therapy. <laughs> the the most brutal <laughs> thing. Let's do a play a game. It's on the left, guys. What, chat, what do you think? Yeah. Mithrial. Yeah, Mithrial. Right? Yeah. There's a, there's a realm at the end. A realm. Or, uh, yeah, realm. Yeah, I think they were Mithrium. overthinking it, guys. Oh, I think it's myth realm. It's myth mithrayum. There's a U. Mithrayum. Isn't that like a sick ass band? I've Somebody heard. in the chat got it right. I think they're yeah. uh, they're called Mithorium. San Diego Black Metal Warrior. Mithroium. Mithor. Mithroum. Shout out. We'll hang out at the at the fest. Wait. Wait, so Tim oh. Young is playing with Pessimist? Hold on, this is like important, dude. Is Wait, he, he was, is? Yeah, he was, wasn't he? And hold on, L- look at the awesome chat with fucking Ian, the homie. No, he was, wasn't he? Look, look right now, dude. He's saying right now. Yeah. Oh, shit. We're getting, we're getting firsthand. So, wait, wait, so Tim dude. Young is going to be playing with Pessimist? Is I know that... he's playing with, he's jamming with them. Well, he, he already played with them before. Shout out to Ian at Sing Drummer Magazine for the scoop. So we're gonna we're gonna hit up uh, Tim Young and make sure that he stands behind Joseph while he plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just with the. I'm gonna have to one foot single kick all my blast beats uh, that night. I'm all every, every 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 uh some every time someone catches the, Tim Young behind you doing this, I'll give you twenty dollars. <laughs> we convinced Tim to just only pay attention to you, never to look at any other players or oh, the crowd. Man. That's awesome. the classic uh which I've talked about in here, the when we had Ron Jarzimek show up to a show with the faceless and we just told him yeah. so I'm gonna go check out the faceless and we'll dude go stand in front of Mike Keen and just do just be like no no uh, <laughs> Wow dude. He didn't do it though. He was uh, yeah, I didn't want to do it. He's a sweetheart. Laughing. For I was sure, like, for sure. inside, we're on tour forever, so it would be funny, but you know, that's some serious sure. hazing type. That's shit. some cold blooded shit. Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. So Cooper. Did, okay, so it won't be Tim Young. So Tim did the album. So Attractive. look at look at our beautiful community who just knows about these facts that we're Sharp. grasping at here. So they they keep us in line, dude. If <laughs> we have enough people that watch it live to where if we say some bullshit, they're gonna quickly correct. Regulated. Us. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fuck yeah. Beautiful. Love it. But dude, yeah, Ian, Andrew, you've been a guy that uh, that we've we've stayed in touch over the years, you know, from running into each other at shows and you all summer slaughters. Yep, and uh, you've always been uh, down with the cause with the Cali Death scene. You've been a part of it for a lot of years, dude. So it's it's cool to have. somebody who we've had personal you know encounters with that is contributing to cali death dude and this is the cali death podcast so when we ran into each other at cannibal i it felt like we had we had said dude it'd been probably 10 years since we've seen each other yeah yeah and immediately as soon as you noticed me and i noticed you and it was just like boom we're in it, dude, and we were just were right where we were, 
10 from 10 years ago and i just like was dude you need to be on the show dude especially after i heard burning palace which is fucking sick it it really was like oh yeah dude gotta get ian on for sure ah well thank you man for sure i'm definitely stoked to be here especially amongst everybody's like super talented roster and like hosts and everybody and uh been following the podcast and you know you guys have pretty much been through like the who's who of like who's active and kind of like even who's kind of not so it's a uh, it's an honor too and uh just to represent like my band and you know just everybody else so shout out to uh a burning palace and everybody who's in that that's uh james royston on drums and uh chris Rico on bass and uh josh kirsten on guitar and uh, nick serena who's uh filling in on guitar too for us mm-hmm. so uh you know those are all my brothers and everything so it's really fun just to be able to play music with those folks and how much uh work that everybody up uh, uh spends and um uh, puts into that you know it's really cool yeah. to be a part of that for sure. No doubt, but dude. Yeah. So, um, and I know that that's your most current project. You've done several things over your time that I've known you. I've been watching you, you know, and, but how we always do it on the show, dude, take us back as far as we <laughs> possibly can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll give it up to my cousin for helping out with some notes and everything, but we, uh, we kind of first started out because uh he kind of uh got drums for a christmas one year and was like you should get a guitar or whatever you know so uh i did and then you know you kind of just go through all the same stages of uh playing an instrument and even you know like with practice and not being you know like kind of like a natural kind of prodigy you know you just like suck for x amount of time and then Mm -hmm. it's kind of like those plateaus and you just are trying to like play different things that you hear and you know, and then so you, met, wait, you mentioned your cousin. So you had a close uh, relationship with the cousin. Yeah. So my cousin James is who's like been in the bands and all, all the different projects that, that we've done together. Um, he's been the same person who's played. Okay. Drums. So let's let's slow down. And let's take it back to, you know, family life before you even got the guitar. Let's. Talk yeah. About yeah. Yeah. So like him and I just like hanging out, dude. And like playing together and just like we'd use our like imaginations just like uh action figures and stuff dude and just like having stories and being like really creative together are Um, you guys close in age yeah we're the same age we're the same age just like a month apart um so just kind of like super like original like like friend you know like aside from like my like uh like um my uh older brother Aside from that, it's like that's like maybe like one of the other people who's known me just like the yeah, longest, dude. and like we'd played, you know, and just kind of like had like a creative like ideas and stuff like for a long time. Built in best friend, dude. That's what I've, I I mm-hmm. felt with like a lot of my cousins, dude. Um, I got really close with them. It's your built in like your first real run on like social shit, and and when you make that connection early, it's like yeah it's a built-in best friend dude so so did i'm sorry he or she did you say he uh he yeah okay so did you guys uh run into music at the same time or art or what was it movies um essentially yeah i think it it was around the same time i mean it kind of been we both were doing sports uh, uh up until around like uh like 12 or 13 ish and um still kind of like it kept up like with them sometimes and then 
what like kind, said, what what were you guys listening to at family get-togethers like what what kind of you know my my exposure to music at family stuff was like pretty mild like outside of like my dad like like that was more of like the rock or like kind of like modern music stuff that was like really current um at home didn't really listen to like a whole lot of music it's more like radio stuff like at times where, like we had like a piano lessons and like a lot of support around um like anything that we wanted uh, to do really. So like, um, but it wasn't like I was discovering music or I was into music enough to when I was like maybe 12 or 13, then I would, I would kind of try to catch on to stuff more when I'd be listening to it, like with my dad, like in his truck and be hella loud. Yeah. Be like, what's this dude? And it's like, this is the scorpions dude. And it's like, Oh, like this is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know, or like Iron Maiden, like that was a huge band who I kind of like initially didn't like, or I didn't really appreciate um, like the singing or some of like the guitar lines and everything. But then, you know, it just like, it just grows on you. Then you're just like, wow, dude, this is so cool. You know, this is right. really fun. Okay. So not until 12 or 13 music. So who, who's something that, that you really attach to around that time then? What, what, but yeah. So, um, what, what was the type of music that made you really want to pay attention to music and who introduced it to you? Totally, totally. So, uh, I think then it wanting to kind of play music and wanting to have maybe some, kind of some direction and, uh, having some support, like for my folks of like, Oh, like we'll get you some, like the guitar lessons. Um, I was able to get some lessons at the local uh, store in town. So my um, a guitar teacher named uh, Steve Smythe, who's played with a lot of bands. Um, he's in Testament. I think he's currently in Forbidden, like the thrash band. Um, oh, damn. Yeah. Sure. So um, he's from like the same town and everything. So I was really kind of like, I lucked out to have him uh, for some lessons. And, uh, uh, you know, I probably could have taken more advantage because he's a super sharp dude and like knows so much stuff. But just like being a kid at the time, I was so just hardwired to like, this is the song. Like, I Like, you know, like this is like all I want to do. But, you know, he he would show me every song, like every part. So I think one of the early bands I was just hooked on, aside from um, Iron Maiden, uh, on guitar especially, would be um, Metallica. Like, that's a huge early band that, that, like, we were stuck on for so long, just, like, trying to work out their parts and playing them, like, as covers and just, like, jamming out and just learning how to play, like, our instruments and play as a band. That's definitely a band that um, we spent a lot of time just kind of hashing out their stuff and, you know, in doing that, you kind of learn some songwriting and like why things sound the way they do and just like what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Did you, did you say your cousin also was a guitar player? So it was both you. He's on, uh, he's on drums actually. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So we were able to kind of have like the dynamic of more of like that band. Yeah. That kind of a situation. Totally dude. Having access to another human that can keep a beat and, and grow with you as a guitar player that's that's a key component at an early age and you said 12 13 you guys started playing together okay um so who's the one who well i guess you guys sound like you're just doing it together so how do you guys discover the more extreme stuff Who's the first one to bring it home and be like, dude, 
Look what I found, Sepultura, you know. Yeah, who started the competition? Because it was always a young competition when we were kids. Just like, yeah, right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Um, well, I should say, too, so, like, uh, our bass player, Chris, he's been with us essentially the whole time, too, and the same as uh, our guitar player, Josh. So just a few years after we had originally kind of started. Um, but for, like, like, like the heavier acts, uh, you know, it, it was kind of once we were – it exposed to like a metallica i remember um i got a kill them all at like a best buy on cd because i was like a physical medium at the time right and it was like yeah dude what the fuck's a like, cd dude i don't know nah, i still have I'm so sorry. many of them dude we just i still cherish boards. them but you know right it has like the anvil on it like a blood splatter and you're like dude like this is cool man like i'm like in seventh grade and i'm like fuck this sucks dude but this is sick you know and uh my cousin james uh, he got a slayer i think it was rain and blood and um so yes you know just like those exposure to the thrash stuff and getting into that it's kind of like coming out of high school then we kind of started to clue into some of um the releases off of uh like roadrunner one of which being like um a sepultura so like that's a huge band mm -hmm. for us mm -hmm. too just in terms of like the musicianship and the output and the kind of like sh the shifting of styles even and just how good that they were on like those few records that like that like uh like schizophrenia and arise and beneath their remains and everything yeah they made their mark at at that time with so, big yeah feet. just like the output and just the musicianship and just like the footage from that area like we remember not knowing it was on this dvd but we just like bought this dvd because it has their music videos on it like a sam goody in uh the mall so this mm -hmm. is a place where there'd be lots of stores and people would go to buy goods. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was a trip, man. Cause like we got home and it had like the live concert from them playing like in Spain. And we were just like Christmas morning, dude, it was off the hook to see like that lineup, like from a rise, like playing through a concert. And it was just like, hippie no sis. Dude, all of them though, you know, like they have like the intro, the dun 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 dun. dun oh yeah, like, yeah, damn. Dude, oh, dude, like these no, guys we... are just riffing up. Yeah. That, that album, I mean, like what Ian said, it's like, best album ever i mean arise when that came i mean not came out but when i discovered it because i first i kind of reverse engineered them i i did start with chaos id and then um and then when because i was probably like two or three years after when i started playing guitar and um went back to arise and was like what the fuck and then got that live in barcelona yeah it's like live in spain i think that's what you're talking about and yeah. that that album with the the mass hypnosis dude that's been an inside joke with all my and i think it's it's funny to see it pop up on the internet now because he goes mass hypnosis and the car goes mass hypnosis. It, yeah, it's like a meme or something. It's like, all, like on purpose to, or whatever, dude. Yeah. They're trying to correct him and he still doesn't. He doesn't even get and he it. Still, with no, a we massive just, amount of people down there. Me and Nate and everyone from Montage and everyone, we just like we saw them recently and there was literally mass hypnosis. It was like, dude, it's fucking like thirty something years later. He's like, he's sticking to it, and I'm like, fuck. I mean, that's. It, well, we never forgot it, you know, that, I don't know, I don't think it was marketing, but I think it was just like a, how he pronounces it, and, and yeah. uh, but no, that was oh, totally. literally one of the most brutal, and we had Mike DeLeon on, he was, uh, DeLeon, he was playing bass at the time, but that mosh pit, and that fucking playing a Rise songs in San Francisco again, that was scarier than any pound show I've ever been to, people were getting carted off like it was a there's some old game. heads who were going at it dude it was sick oh, dude dude yeah people were smacking their heads on the ground on the ground at american music hall just great it's the same place we saw igor just like boom just people and people being knocked out and being carried out i'm like holy fucking me and pat from eviscerator stand there just like we're like big dudes we're like all right we can we can hold it together but it would just start <laughs> hold it the just, line yeah it would just morph into this fucking 
like violent, the most violent pit, like an old Slayer pit when all the bros were like, you know, I'm gonna fucking give it my best, all the football players and shit. And just when like, I saw Slayer, I didn't go because I was just like 18 and I was like, I'm small, and it was just <laughs> like, and it's not like I'm a huge person now, but I was even more so like, I have no desire to try to be like, I I made it through a Slayer pit. I was like, no, dude, I want to nah. like watch the show and not get fucked yeah. Up. Yeah. I've done a couple. I was like, let me just go because I've been in like death metal pits and stuff. I remember seeing Slayer maybe, I don't know, t- 2005 or six or something. And I was like, I yeah, that's what I got him, dude. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go check him out. San Jose. Yep, exactly. And I was like, I'll, I'll go check it out. And just like me- went through one time and just got like thrown on the ground, like <laughs> torn apart. And I was like, yeah. how is this even? This is not even doable. These guys are too big. I can't. That's, I can't what, look- my, that's what my major life regrets. I never saw Slayer, dude. <laughs> Oh really? Oh. I haven't seen Iron Maiden, so me neither, dude. What? Like so yeah. many times, I'm like almost like three I... times. I know. I've seen Pantera yeah. twice, and that I got a concussion well, when I was a kid and vomited a bunch. But it's easy to see Iron Maiden though; like they tour a lot. You know? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> a few more though, guys. Right? I mean, well, their farewell say that, tour. Yeah. yeah, I feel like there's a farewell coming in the next five to ten years. You know, yeah, Ozzy. I've seen Ozzy about. I mean, I am. I saw him like two, I saw him with Joseph actually like 2017 I think yeah like yeah last Ozfest uh, and and Children of Bodom played too rest of oh, oh, he died. nice yeah, yeah. yeah Lexi but that was like incredible like they're so good dude dude Children, was, it was I think it was a Mayhem Fest I think I've talked about this a little bit but there was a Mayhem Fest where I went and uh, that band Bodom with Cyrus was like oh what's up dude and we had toured with them. And they brought me and Chase on their bus, and we just like blacked out on their bus. <laughs> I just completely blacked out, like backstage at Mayhem Fest. And there's a video of me just like following Alexi Leho around backstage, or like in the back area. I'm all, and I just follow, finally get to him, like, "What up, dude? How's it going?" I'm just like, I have no memory of it. Just like the most embarrassing. He, but I remember, I do remember like seeing his face the next day and being like him being a sweetheart and being a nice guy to me. But uh, I was like there's a video it's maybe i think maybe that phone's videos are gone but um i was like just going like oh it's alexi i'm like following him around <laughs> like a psycho like like thinking it's funny i'm like dude you're fucking hilarious right now dude follow him dude and uh i followed him to their bus and and uh it was just a whole children about him like what's up dude and i was like shit this is probably uh this is uh and then my buddy was like oh i saw you later at that show you were rolling down the fucking shoreline like grass area it was like like with your like completely stressed out ro- rolling down and just laughing your ass off and it was like oh my god it was and i had to go to work the next day and it was one of those days where i have regretted for my whole life because it was it was, uh, <laughs> it was just a blackout at a show with and i was backstage so i just can talk to everyone and i'm just like total embarrassment it was like rob zombie and shit like back there with us and shit and uh just so heard the stories later that it was like oh you and kevin tally this is the story i heard you and kevin tally took a golf cart and like you were like yeah you were like i was just championing it i was like completely gone and we were like running through those hills and shoreline what? just like you know those big hills behind the parking lot yeah, yeah. Shoreline? we were like barreling down them in a fucking golf cart I was like, woke yeah. up in the morning and I had to go to work. I was like, what the fuck happened last night? And it was one of those fucked up nights. But um, I don't know why I went down the, the weeds that hard. But uh, delicious. <laughs> no, but yeah, that those eras. I mean, you are from this area. So those pits and those crowds back in the day were very intimidating. 
I would say too on the Children of Bodom front, they were uh, uh, at that same show that that uh, we caught Slayer at the 06 one, dude. That was like oh, Mastodon, yep, yep. Lamb of God, and Children of Bodom and Slayer, and that was a trip, dude. Watching like the keyboardist and Alexi like like mirror like all the lines, oh, and like they're like it. looking around like they're spitting on people or like or like uh, drinking water, like or like doing tricks or something. It was like absurd. That was my like, first time ever seeing him too, and I remember going like, yeah. "Holy fuck, dude! They sh- yeah. it's like like yeah. Dream Theater, but like sicker." Yeah, yeah, I mean, it kind of like uh, spawn possession-y almost, or like uh, a necrophagist with like a, some of the level of like the like intensity and like the like intricacy of like what they were doing. It was just like, damn. Yeah, dude. I know. It's like a band that you've kind of like made an opinion about beforehand. You're like, oh, I know Children of Bodom. Like, I I have an opinion. And then you see them live, you're like, oh, shit. I was a little yeah. wrong there. <laughs> Yo, I mean, even if it's like uh, hyper, like a melodic or whatever, you know, I still like it. The, uh, at the speed or like whatever like they're doing you know it's just like man just the, the facility and them just making it sound good it's just like i don't know it's just like there's like people that are right people that are wrong and like it, you know you just you're just wrong you that Ozfest was a crazy one joseph and i i don't know where joseph is but he's to put his pants back on to come back. Oh, oh right there. Oh, what happened? <laughs> the zoom in, dude. Wait, I was oh. gonna say, let's zoom in on the, <laughs> on the lamp, dude. What kind of books well, he's got there? The moth, the moth in the book. That Joseph and I went to that, you know, <laughs> fucking uh, Ozfest 2017 or whatever it was, and we saw Creator, and they were sick, and we saw all these bands that were sick, blah blah blah, and yeah. And uh, and we're just talking about. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't even know. I uh, I'm actually underrated man. Sorry, sorry. Children of Bodom, yes. And so we saw the Ghost and all these bands like opened up for like on the main stage, but yeah, Children of Bodom played on the main stage. Like there was like all these other stages and you know blah 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 whatever. And then Children of Bodom played on the main stage and like they were incredible, dude. Yeah, yeah, insanely good, and uh, yes. How so, did Alexi? Was I always heard like I remember, I love, dude. There would be people like back before I started listening to them. They were saying that he's like a big heroin guy or something or something. I always hear like drugs with him. I didn't know. Obviously, he's past. It's I'm not trying to talk bad, no. but I mean, he probably uh, if he did a, heroin, he probably felt a rumor really good. That I heard too. I don't know if it's true. I didn't. I mean, we're countries. We're, we're on the other side of the planet. You know, and well, I mean, heroin. I, I don't really like when I talk about heroin users, it's not like a bad thing because I know, like, listening to Motley Crue talk, they're like, Oh, dude, heroin's the sickest drug, you feel the best on it, your whole body's orgasming the whole time. I'm like, Yeah, it's like obviously that he had a, he felt good for a long time, so a lot of heroin acts do. <laughs> it just ends usually tragically because it's very addictive, but yeah, I um, you'll never I feel like that. You'll I never feel the, like that. All I know is I heard the rumor, <laughs> but I don't, I can't confirm that. All I know is. He wrote sick music, and a lot of people who have been on heroin have wrote sick music, dude. Yeah, and that's true. That's I mean, very true. If you feel good, probably gonna write. But you can't. We're not promoting doing heroin, but if you, you <laughs> not know. at all, dude. But especially nowadays, you can't, you can't do it. heroin now. What's the, the those times have passed? You got fentanyl and stuff. That you're done. Heroin's is done. Well, you I think that it's it's the connection between substance and the creative process. However, the creative process happens in the brain, depending on how you whatever substance you add to that, weird things happen, and some things are cool weird things. And 
you know heroin could be one thing weed works with music creating music as well you know it, it's i don't know heroin can but what's the coke the cocaine music like what's what if the cocaine like music what if like heroin was eagles <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> no, watch the what, documentary. what what if heroin heroin was just like chill Rick dreams you know if it was what if it, if it was just like chill I mean, it's super chill, dude. It's way it's too chill. That's why people buy it. You go like, you go like, chill so hard yeah. that you just pass out. Dude. It's the time outside of the chill is what sucks what? when you're a heroin addict. But what if it was just like chill, though? <laughs> this guy's coming down. But it's, I don't know. Okay, anyways, we should jump off the heroin <laughs> subject. Get you say, get banned <laughs> from shit. Shout out Oscar, Oscar, my coworker. He says black tar heroin's the best for music. <laughs> right. So I've never uh, done it, so I don't know. But I'm just saying. Anyways, <laughs> but black coffee from Battleforge Coffee. Battleforge yeah, Coffee. Yeah, that's what that, you. That shit is reach like your creative levels. Thank that. you very much. And, and just that's that's our slang. We call it heroin sometimes, but we were talking about coffee the whole that time. With so weed just... is a nice hippie <laughs> yeah. speedball, dude. I call it speedballs. Speed those weed were and coffee, my favorite. Bro. Yeah, delicious. Those are my favorite. Like back, yeah. like when we were touring days, just drink a bunch of coffee then get high and then play video games that yes. was like that was the sickest that, i looked forward to that every day until we went on tour i was like oh play fuck anyways um so yeah <laughs> call of duty or, i'm sorry uh children of bodum <laughs> but, uh, and, and, like, one talking... one letter off c-o-b c-o-d cob you play cob or you play cod Corn anyways. Cob. <laughs> Corn you guys are talking about like those brutal pits i would say the mm -hmm. maybe one of if not the most brutal that i'd ever been in and like went into it when I was in the era of like going to pits all the time. What is I was like twenty two? Was it the Parkside in San Francisco? Uh, a devourment, oh, yeah, and Caldic Habitation. Oh shit! And devourment played right before them, but it was just like the pit and like the room, like the humidity and stuff. Like you're almost like passing out, and I had like a, like a fist size just bruise in the center like of my back, dude. Like it was just violence, dude. And like I mean, it makes sense. I mean, what do you expect going off in there? But like we like recovered after like they're set in like the outside area and then just like drove home all fucked up or whatever. You know what I mean? It was <laughs> fuck, dude. It was rough. I mean, they've like absolutely destroyed that show, dude. It was great, it's, you know. The the park side's funny because that uh Dillinger Escape Plan, I think, did their last show when they were touring there, and I was like tiny not going to that. Like I no was like too, way, dude. That's no like kill box, dude. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't that's, want... that's that's so small. That's like, crazy. Yeah, yeah like it'd be a place where people are like yeah it's tiny it holds like maybe like where the main stage is probably probably 90 people oh like sardine in there dude to death goodbye they're just yeah they're being ran on and stuff and people yeah nagira bunjet or whatever oh we saw that yeah yeah we saw arno core or arno i saw animosity there Oh, and animosity and margin i think is what it was jesus we saw cartilage and ontogeny there there you go. Yeah, yeah. Animosity and Origin would be gnarly there. Yeah, yeah. it was like right before our Vader tour, Joel. Like we yeah. saw him. No, no, I I saw. Oh, oh okay, okay. Right before our tour, but I'm getting so old. Um, yeah, I know it's crazy how, how time's flying now, and like hearing like it's the 20th anniversary of this album. You're like, what the fuck is going? Oh, it's like, bad. I know it's like Necrophagist. That's like 20 in a 20th year for Epitaph. Yeah. I'm like. Nah, there's like records that came out like 2012, and I'm like, yeah, like that's the new one. It's just like, dude, 
By it's crazy like, how fast. It's closer to like 15, dude. Like, what are you doing? There's going to be yeah. a secret, secret announcement coming soon, guys. Oh. Oh, oh shit. That was a random placement. Right. You know what? <laughs> Thinking about yeah. favorite shows going back a little bit, I would say oh, at one of the locations of the Oakland Metro was seeing Decrepit 2 at that with Faceless on like Planetary Duality oh. and like 08-ish area. Oh, yeah. That was a big time show for like me and the boys oh, of like yeah. rolling out with like hella friends, like took like two cars down nice. and uh, got so stoned, like in the parking lot, dude, like in the car. Nice. And then just like getting to see you guys play. I think it was like Naraxis, like might have been on one of them, maybe. Yeah. Maybe like a, oh, a, a right. Corvatus, maybe on oh. like one of them. Naraxis, we love to death, but I wish we could go back. Yeah. But uh, it was nuts, man. Yeah. It's like that was like a like a core memory, too. Of just like seeing like you guys like shred out there, too, for sure. It was a fun uh, time. Nice. Like, How many metros there. have there been? Is it like five now that they're on? I don't know. From what I remember, yeah. it's like four. It's got to be four. It's because yeah. that was when I go to the like, metro. I'm like, yeah. where am I going? Because I, no I saw that show. <laughs> I played there when it was at one spot. I saw Malevolent Creation there with when like Brett Hoffman like, was still alive and stuff. It, like they're like at like a different spot. And that was hella sick, too. Uh, but yeah, they've been moving around a lot, so definitely. Let's, let's, let's get, back, get on back on. Yeah, track. I was gonna say, get back on to you, dude. So, we we were talking about extreme music, and I don't think we got anywhere near death metal, did we? <laughs> the simple tourist stuff was, when we yeah, yeah, left so off that, like with like Roadrunner and everything. So that's really what's like watering the seed right there, like making that shit grow. So how much of that stuff were you guys listening to before you come across a blast beat or a growl? Right. Right. Yeah. So I think, uh, definitely hearing the blasts on like early, like, uh, napalm death or like morbid angel. A lot of the early death that we heard too was like a greatest hits one. So it had like the old school stuff, which is all like the D beat and like, it doesn't get super crazy too. So it was like the mix, but I remember blast beats of like earlier bands being like, Ah, like like that's a little much and like for some of the growls at like certain parts too or like certain bands when you're first hearing it was like you know a little too chaotic or just like i don't know man you know like you can't were you guys it. buying shit blind at, at record stores or reading uh so magazines? like we yeah we would just kind of go off of like album art and then like old school like uh, pictures and stuff of just like what like band shirts that like people would would wear or like the credits and like the like their friends of like the bands who like they would thank or like the guest artists you know right um and just kind of like reverse engineering who they were friends with or like who was like you know like an affiliated act or whatever so we found a lot of music that way and then you know like kind of a little bit you know, like over time, YouTube started to have more stuff added to it, you know, because back then it didn't have anything on it. And um, so there'd be like all like the bootleg footage and all like the concerts and all like that kind of stuff that would appear from like the home footage and like VCR takes and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it amazes me how many times we've done episodes of this show and I, I can just sit and watch all of you guys that have been guests on this show say like one of four things, you know, the artwork, the t-shirts, you know, it, it really is a marketing thing that we never really like realized we were being marketed, you know, it, it kind of be like underground, but you know, fuck the establishment. But at the same time, we're going to take these, aspects to where you can totally be 
manipulated by certain things, even if you're not ready for the sound of the. <laughs> if you're not ready for the sounds that you this this uh, album might have, um, the imagery and all that <laughs> that could like set some kind of hook in you to where you're just going to put a pin in it and come back later. And eventually your brain will be ready to listen to that blast beat or that growl and tie it in with the imagery that you actually first were introduced to when it comes to that specific little album, you know, it's the, if we say that it is the artwork first, then that's just that's our doorway in but to make it all work as a package it actually is like a process you know later on being like growls are sick or blast beats are they aren't chaotic you can understand why they're in the places that they are in the music that we're listening to yeah it's a it was really kind of hearing those first kind of early bands of like Florida and like the death metal stuff. So we had like um, a Sepultura and then like one of the other big, at, big acts that was really heavy too for us was um, a Pestilence. Mm -hmm. So that's like uh, the Dutch act and just like that first album, a Consuming Impulse, you know, like that's like an iconic one, but just like, and they were hearing that too and being like, you know, it's so like that's in D standard tuning. So like, the, like that's some down tuning here happening. And then we kind of got really hip to all like the Roadrunner acts and like that kind of like history and just kind of, uh how my cousin coined it is like the like kind of like the arms race of kind of just discovering all the florida bands and all the affiliated acts from kind of like that era like when it was really kind of first starting to come out mm -hmm. um so you know so you just run into like you know death and like their whole catalog and how that shifts and you know morbid angel and deicide and monstrosity and some of the more kind of maybe like rare runs or like nocturnus or like cynic which is now like you know great and like a, having like a revival and then you have you know Cannibal Corpse, who's like still a mainstay, Obituary, who's back, you know, we got Napalm Death, who's been grinding it out forever, Carcass, you know, so just hearing all those bands and kind of, okay, so this is like different tunings even now, we're getting like detuning, C-tuning, like this, like these different things, different kinds of distortion, different growls, um, so like you said, just like once you kind of heard it and maybe like it wasn't or it was a little too much, you know, when like you, when I would revisit it or like when it finally kind of clicked on certain stuff, um, yeah, just kind of inescapable just i think for me just in terms of the the, the theatrical kind of uh a component to it and just how you know any kind of like storytelling or any kind of um layering or expression that you could do like with the voice is more of an effect or kind of like affecting it in those different kind of ways for the different kind of you know screams or growls it was just kind of like a super kind of uh uh hypercharged you know way just like from coming out of like the thrash stuff where you know we were kind of you know you're going to sing yell stuff and like i didn't really want to like sing sing stuff so mm -hmm. um it was just really cool kind of hearing all these different bands have all this different output and then just the musicianship is just you know so uh out of control just really for pretty much all the bands who i just mentioned just yeah. they all bring something really unique to the table and just like i said like their tones and like what they're playing and how they're doing it and just like the amount of um iconic records that all those guys had like put out and yes you know, so we definitely spent our time like studying all that stuff and getting out of like that we kind of you know get into like the 90s and like the like late like in like early like, like 2000s and hearing of like the brutal death metal stuff and it's kind of like those records coming out so that was kind of like 
you know, I hear like a suffocations like and like that, like like on their records, and then it's like, you know, you hear other bands like a Discord or like, you know, and the more kind of like super extreme stuff and like um yeah, so it just get heavier and heavier, you know, and like a defeated sanity and like pymia and like inherent disease and like, you know, uh all, all these kind of things where it's just you're getting to like such an extreme and like the intensity level of like, you know, speed and like stamina and um like imagery or like gore or like you know they kind of had like one for every kind of thing you know so it was really kind of fun to get to explore and uh hear all these bands like along the way you know um yeah you know like that's a huge band too for sure no doubt and just experiencing it with other people too and and we were talking about that competition joel said who started the competition the back and forth thing like everybody wants to come with the the goriest album cover yeah or the you know the album with the the sickest song names and 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 contexts mm-hmm. you know and and it was just all about this one-upping each other but still really connecting with the music as well too you know like who was who was just trying to like contribute their best contribution to the pile uh, that everybody is collectively you know uh, expanding their um exposure to like weird types of art that it becomes literal digging in underground, you know, you're, you're actually doing the work to find these bands and, and bring them back to your little mini village, your little death metal village that you've created with your homies. You know, this is what I went out into the, the outskirts and got and brought back to the village as a contribution to our collective. Yeah. I think the, the trade that you talk like we were talking about, like going out and finding and forging for something that, you know, we, we, we talk about it a lot, but like the, the trade of that suffered with streaming and, and stuff like that. Like that's not really a trade anymore. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like basically it's like the industrial revolution for death metal. Cause it's like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, we had to do these things by hand. All of a sudden, machines are just doing them now. And now it's like, okay, well, you know, it's finding it through that lens rather than finding it through the, oh, I'm going to take the 20-minute drive to the record store or a bus ride and then go find something and then bring it back and then discover it mm-hmm. like that. So it's kind of like taking on a new life in this day it's and a, era. It's a previous, our previous, our generation like felt that, that, gratifying feeling of either i found something or somebody else found something and this is a great moment you know yeah you know that in that moment it's like holy shit i found this or somebody found this and it's changing our lives and right now you know it's like now you could text me a band right now you could i mean let's say if it's three o'clock today you could text me a band going you mm -hmm. heard of this band i could just wait three minutes type it into spotify and be like yeah i heard them you know like yeah it used to be before it used to be like you had to have the disc you have to have the the, the physical media or it's like mm-hmm. you can't you can't pull that shit you know back in the day now it's like oh mm-hmm. yep. it's like oh, i know what they're about yeah i get it you know like i think that it i think it's the instant gratification thing yeah. i was just saying gratification <laughs> the instant 
<laughs> that was instant. That was pretty. That was instant. an instant. <laughs> that was, he's gratified too, probably. Well, after that. I'm gratified. Good, after good. Good. This is all fuck your comment, dude. we all we all love that feeling so we've tried to make that feeling accessible immediately and now it's a very watered down not even potent at all version of what it was you know it's just there now well now we can be so critical on things where before where you get an album and like there'd be things you have to find out to like about it because you fucking traveled for it you did a bunch of things for it and now it's just like you can be like uh the snare is a little weird and just like move on to the next thing you know you can like before you like you invested your your money and everything into this album like you want it to be good like you mm-hmm. you don't want it to be bad and you're not trying to like be like oh i want a shitty one you know like who remembers this dude being at the record store and it had a listening station oh yeah and you make a pile of cds to go listen to and maybe four out of the seven albums that you picked actually work with it the other no we couldn't we didn't have that (laughs) around here we had like the ones the listening stations were pre they like these four albums are on it you can listen to them it's like we got these these are the hit things right now these these are the one or like the underground section you can go listen to the four or five they Maybe chose it's like it's like ian li- like listening to us talk about eating at denny's or something <laughs> i know ian's <laughs> so like <laughs> they had the listening stations a little bit man like uh i think who had them still the sam goody had them for a minute dude yeah, yeah, yeah virgin yeah. Like you said, still had could you them, open them could, could like you scan it you could scan them. You would scan it. Yeah, you would scan right. it. And like you said, some worked and some wouldn't. And then yeah. like, you know, oh, okay. you're like. The scanning thing, though. That, that none was, of the okay. new ones work, but the Garth Brooks from like five years ago does. And like, that's kind of cool to know what that sounds like, I guess. <laughs> I might get that. I'll just think gets about the barcode it. wrong. It's just like fucking Garth Brooks. Yeah. You're like, like, all right. Dude, oh. fuck, there's this blast beat on this one four-second part of this Garth Brooks reading. Oh, yeah, dude. <laughs> that would be, yeah, be the drummer for Garth Brooks. Dude. That'd be like a sick job. Like... I mean, your your singer is like a fucking serial murderer, though. So Garth Brooks is a murderer. <laughs> what do you do? <laughs> he's just that's he's what Tom back in some YMH shit right there. <laughs> yeah. Tom Segura. So Tom Segura and and Christina <laughs> Pazinski, his wife, have convinced because they like watch all those videos and stuff. And he, they're like banned from Garth Brooks on everything that's possible, but the, all their fans they, they always like go up to, they they go to his shows and they always go like because he has the most creepy videos that are like super yeah. fake. He's like, hey guys, what's yeah. going on? And, and they like watch him on the on the podcast. But like, there are people that will go to his shows and have yeah. a sign like "fuck yeah, Garth Brooks," and then they'll put him on the big screen and they'll flip the signs as where are the bodies where are the bodies garth <laughs> really <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and never mind you're not fooling us yeah it's so good i'll see but uh here. but no garth brooks um anyways uh no, no but the listening stations and stuff was a big deal like blockbuster music you guys remember that that was a thing like that was like a little bit yeah, yeah. It's like where they had like they had shit to listen to right off the bat. We used to just have to buy it and just fucking swing and hopefully hit a home run. You know, dude, Circuit City had a CD spot. Yeah. Circuit the- City is where I got a lot of CDs when I was younger. That was because yeah, that they used to they used to be the cheapest there because they used to have it all in the middle of everything. So they'd have they want you to go in and buy the CD and look at the TV, look at the sound system look at the computers they want you to look at cameras they want you they brought you in with that they just like took that as an l they're gonna lose money on it but they were like we want you to look at some products to slobber over and then 
give us a thousand dollars you know like <laughs> that was their whole thing like they had singles like foreign singles from europe and all kinds of crazy shit that would show up at circuit city because it was sony distribution and a couple other big distributor distributors but um odious was there we had we i was working at circuit city and odious morning cd was there huh. yeah <laughs> Oh, he comes in. Can I get a cryptic implosion and a, <laughs> a toaster? And, and can you sign it for me, Joel? Yeah, both of them. <laughs> I'm both, old, both the toaster and yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be well. in, yeah, that was insane. That was, was crazy. That just shows the the state of the the music world. Like I'm sitting there working, like our CDs there, and like they're all dude. At that time, it's like your CD is hitting Circuit City. Like what the, f like you've made it big. Like what's yeah. going like. Like, no, we've made no. it very small we've made it very small, very small. <laughs> actually, you actually lost a buddy <laughs> i know this is actually if you buy it i lose it. you're gonna take money from me <laughs> it needs yeah. to be stolen <laughs> yeah steal it exactly and they're gonna be like oh the guy from odious morning works here and his cd that was here is gone um mm. let's not put two and two together but yeah but no that's uh that's so listening to all these bands and stuff so when did you start like jamming with other human beings and and start like writing you might have already asked us that p twice but um <laughs> when did you start like making music or for yourself or yeah, with it other sounds friends? like the cousin but i don't think we actually figured out yeah it could be it. anybody no yeah yeah. Be, yeah 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 right it's like, yeah, who is this dude it's all in my head no yeah so it was with my cousin uh james uh so he, he was playing drums so i was like since we were you know kind of had originally kind of got the instruments and that started to get like some lessons and then were um, you going to his place or were were the drums with you they were with him because like he had them there so like we we're kind of like a uh, gracious enough that like his mom like would let us just make noise and stuff there so um you know then you're starting off with like the beginner stuff and like the tiny practice amps and all you know how it works and everything you know um and then his friend at the time the same bass player who would currently play with chris he was the same age so, like they went to school together so that was um how we had you know met up with him um I'm, I'm getting some feedback from joel okay is it better code four yeah, yeah it's better, it's better. I'll, I'll turn your volume up. yeah go for it <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> uh yeah so then that was like you know like trace uh drums bass and guitar and then um we had a few, like a few different friends growing up mm -hmm. who like we'd play with on guitar too um so you know ever since we were like early teenage years um and this is in santa rosa since the beginning mm -hmm. yeah and we kind of like i said like we cut our teeth kind of like learning how to sing and play like at least for me doing like the metallica stuff and some of the thrash stuff and like a sepultura and like um of the misfits and kind of doing like a lot of like that the uh, kind of like the punk stuff was like really really big for us too that was kind of like us getting our feet with was playing with a lot of like the old school hardcore and um a punk bands here just like in the area mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so, I, so that oh sorry I, I would say like so that'd be like a shout out to like snag so it's like a local like a og band who like uh they really like I took us under their wing and like didn't have to because we were like young kids and like total dorks and like a total squares and like they ran like a screen printing shop um justin mcadams does and um they took us in and like we'd like get to hang out there and just overhear their convos and them talking about all the music they like and then playing shows and everything so it's kind of like getting our feet wedged like i said into like the industry and like you know just being respectful and just you know like how to like book shows or like we're tagging along and just kind of like trying to like absorb everything mm -hmm. so just hanging out like at the screen print shop and listening to records and like all the crazy shit that they would do like and play there and like partying and everything like we we've met we've met and then we like would meet just a lot of mutual 
uh, friends and just like people like who are into music and like who played music and like our our age group and like not necessarily like in like the metal realm but just like you know just of all kind of like uh, uh, types and like um, so like it was just like really like a fun spot and kind of like integral to us kind of just being more social and kind of just like going out like and playing and kind of just like just like uh like going for it more right oh how big is that that's a huge deal when you're younger and playing playing with bands and stuff and tagging along that's like that's fucking gigantic for like yeah you gotta you like know? feel comfortable or get some confidence boost or some kind of like nod or whatever because it's so hard anyway you know what i mean just obviously yeah. it's just like the oh we got to play or just like whatever you're doing like your covers you're doing like original stuff so just to have any kind of like moral support or actual just like a support of them being at the show or like playing the same show it was always just like so cool and then obviously i mean like like to us and just like to a lot of people like great bands and like the great players all themselves so it was always really cool um and not just to be a tag along or to make friends with somebody like that too but or just working even just one night with a band that is is older and been through some some more shit than than you have and seeing how they handle their night and you kind of you just naturally learn there's certain things that you just don't waste time with on uh when you're getting ready for a show and there's certain things that you do and 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 but just knowing that there's something you you, you see an example of something you're striving to be hundred you know? and and um so running into the more well-oiled machines out there when you're a machine trying to you know make your place it's just it those those naturally help even if those are just a one night uh interaction you know I'm because i my, have i have my tag alongs and tag alongs too but i'm <laughs> saying i i still there's a band that i've only played two shows with in my life that and i've never really talked to them outside of that but i just remember from where i was at in making and performing music and doing those shows with that band um they were one of the reasons why i you know kicked it into another gear after we played those shows it's um, like it's like decrepit like you know like hearing their music and being like what the fuck is this and then next thing you know we're having beers with them and hanging out with them and it's and i just want to see you know it's like when you're younger seeing like okay what what do they do like what what's their life like you know like because i automatically like their music is blowing me away it came out of nowhere and they're from our town and i'm like i just want to see i'm from this town too like what do they do <laughs> yeah. different or what what do they do that's basically yeah something that basically you've looked up to that um is something you're striving for you know totally so i mean I so what bands for you were like that yeah so growing up whatever uh they're like across our age groups and stuff it would be uh, like you guys would be like uh like odious and like a decrepit and kind of like bands who like were active at the time you know who were coming up and kind of like more kind of had some modern kind of like tech death stuff but you know we're just busting out like really heavy stuff too mm -hmm. um yeah. that was just like around the perfect time we were kind of getting into like the brutal death and the tech death and all those kind of bands so we were really kind of primed for it and then to see it like done live or whatever it was kind of just like are you fucking kidding you know what i mean like watching people 
you know, it's just like, they're like, just like us, but like, I guess a little bit older and they've been playing like way longer. They were just like <laughs> so good at the instruments, you know what I mean? And just like, fuck, like they're like playing like these sets of music and it's just like so enthralling. Like you like never forget yeah. like, like those shows and like that material. And, um, and then it, it was totally cool. Finally, uh, like with Anthony, like uh, to get to UC with, um, the touring that you did, um, uh, I think it was like 2012 with Sarah okay, Sager, okay. finally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was another band, you know, because the, cause the like, oh, uh, yeah. like, like that record came out in like fall of like, like 2008. We were, you know, so like we, we didn't get to see that one live for a while. But, um, but yeah, just all that musicianship and those bands who were kind of like around our age who were like really, really liked, who were like, you know, weren't like modern, modern, like um, mainstream ones. I guess Origin, a little bit bigger, Faceless, a Dying Fetus. Mm-hmm. But, um, but getting to see like you guys live and just kind of be like more like, up and coming and just kind of just the musicianship and the intensity and just kind of like the rawness to it was just like you said like inspirational and like looking up to something of just like well like that's where we want to be if we're trying to be like really kind of like trying to like get after it you know what i mean it's like that's kind of just like how it's done and like what people like can do you know what i mean it's like you could play yeah. that too or like you could write stuff like that too yeah, know? for me at the time, the, uh, that era, I was a total tag along. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe everything was happening so quickly. I was like, oh, God, we get to play with all these bands and all this, all this shit was happening. And I was like, oh, fuck. I was so nervous during that like era of playing back in the like 2000, or 2010s, something like that. I was like 2009, six, like up through six, five, six. I was like, we played that Necrophagia show at the Pound. And I remember that was the that was the show that I was like striving my ass off to get and we played for free and that was the one where i was like oh fuck we got the big gun here <laughs> like we got a you know like we're just freaking out as fans we're just fans you know and before you know it people are asking you to play things and and uh it was fucking it was just a a blur like all that shit was mm-hmm. a blur it was you know the pound we, we can go into the pound a little bit like that I remember that was one of the nights where the pound was like you know all the hell's angels dudes were like band dicks when we showed up to load in and they were just like going like fucking fuck you hurry up get your shit on and off and like being super rude and after we were done they're like oh can i get that for you (laughs) i was like oh this is like that was kind of the the time where i was kind of like all right well maybe we're doing something good i don't know i was like terrified you know of that whole pound uh you know the, the security guards and stuff like that back in the day so when was the first time you going to the pound and stuff and, and getting into that what did you were you a frequent there we kind of like were a little bit younger and kind of just missed the pound to be honest we kind of caught that oh. the, la- the only show we ended up seeing there kind of before they closed was like i think may june or yeah like 2006 and it was like thrash against cancer oh, okay and it was like one of those like those all-day fests it was like just like 12 bands or like 15 bands and uh it was great. I mean, like we saw like a whole bunch of like, like, you know, awesome acts and everything. And kind of just like, we're like young kids and like super hyped and like spent all day there and had like no logistics or no planning and like no brains and like got cooked in the sun and like didn't eat. And like we're throwing up at the end of the day and like <laughs> just, just got like wrecked. Cause we were just like <laughs> so excited. We just had like, we're not thinking about anything else. Um, so that'll catch up to you. Yeah. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? But, but like totally. for other bands that are huge would be um, like Gore Guts. Mm-hmm. And like cynic too so like those for me personally and just like you know musicianship and songwriting and just like all all those kind of um the facets and like the textures and just like the layers of like that music and like those bands that's just that's always been like a never-ending you know there's always something to hear like listen for like or catch or like you know endless endless source of inspiration for like that kind of style that's funny i mean 
when you bring up those bands I, i've I brought it up a couple times on the podcast but the i was super into slayer and sepultura i was in that mode you know right right and then once i transformed into or moved over into death metal and got it was like all about cannibal deicide morbid angel all those things my brother's like you're fucked no you're fucked nah. for the rest of your life <laughs> he just told me straight up he's like that's gonna be all you care about forever now that's gonna be and i'm like i'm 20 something years or 20 years later i'm like fuck dude you nailed it you know it's just such a rabbit hole of all the cool different styles and people morphing different styles into metal and um the musicianship which that's what's really hard about turning people on to death metal in general is that if they're not playing an instrument of any any type to get them to like respect it and like it they'll always be like oh yeah it's you know it's talented i just do the vocals bother me or something, something stupid but usually like if you pick up a guitar and play a little bit and kind of push yourself then that's where death metal kind of just goes like all right this is what i need to focus on because they're pushing boundaries and stuff like that mm. it's just like an endless yeah. constant like fountain of things was that, I, was at, I was at walmart today uh, <laughs> everybody okay just slow down here we go <laughs> yeah no, no that was a <laughs> called in the sick today needed a break went shopping all right so I went to Walmart and uh, basically, yeah, it was great. I got a bunch of shit, all this. And I'm walking out and I had my uh, Ophidian Eye t shirt on, you know, and the guy's checking my receipt and he goes, like, Oh, what is this band? Like, I'm just like, Oh, it's a band from Iceland, you know, they're called Ophidian Eye and this and that. Mm-hmm. And he was like, Oh, man, is like that one of those bands that like has the screaming vocals? <laughs> and i'm just like yeah man like yeah no totally and he's just like he's like oh, i just can't i don't know man i, yeah, no. crazy I don't even give him i don't give him that anymore i just go yeah, not yeah, singing yeah. it's super singing yeah exactly yeah <laughs> but long story short yeah like like mainstream america is just upset about the screaming vocals and uh that's great music is like love the music but you know yeah, you have to like go down the path to get through. Because I remember I hated it too when I was a kid. I was like, my brother was listening to it in the early '90s, and I was like, my dad was a musician. He was like, "What the f- oh fuck this shit? Shit sucks!" <laughs> like my oh, he's, all, he's all whispering rough. in my ear. Just going, he's like all about praise a bass player, all about Primus and Zappa and stuff. And he's all the fucking vocals are fucking ridiculous, dude. Weather so report. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was all about that shit. And but the thing is, for him, like he wasn't going down the path of like metal was never a thing for him so it was kind of yeah. like you know i can understand like for him to not like it i totally get it. i almost i don't want to have to explain it to him either i don't like that's one thing that sucks about the whole metal community is that we want to support each other and wear our, our bands all the time you know everywhere but sometimes you have to explain it to a, a lady at the grocery store or you have to explain it to someone you're just like it's it's just a you know fast rock i don't i don't really want to get into it like i'm not gonna fucking you're not gonna listen to it like i don't really want to like be like this this thing you don't know about like i mean it is fast rock (laughs) yeah it's pretty fast rock but uh there's even been times where i've been like you know back when i was in decrepit like had the decrepit sweatshirt on because i was broke and uh there'd be a person going like fuck yeah, yeah decrepit birth that's that's a cool band i'm like here's the bass player is an idiot though dude look up that guy's like the dumbest i was just like i don't like i don't like the i never like the confrontation in public and talking about wearing a band that you're in thing you know like my my favorite like interaction ever in public was like 
I was like in San Francisco, like, and it was like, I don't know, like in the early 2010s or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, well, and my parents were up there visiting, like, and I was working at a music school up there on Terraval Street, mm-hmm. like in the sunset area of San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. And we're like walking down the street. And then like we like I like saw a guy like across the street with like a decrepit shirt on, and I was like, Oh hey man, what's up, dude? And he like <laughs> runs over, he like cruises over across the street, and he's like, Hey man, he's like, Hey, he, like knew who I was. It was super funny. We were just like, What's up? And he was like, Yeah, dude, I was the guy that got hit in the head by the guitar that Matt threw off the stage <laughs> that he broke or something. He like, like cut his head open. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, he's like, I'm the guy that got my head cut open and like the paramedics. Your parents are like sick, dude. Like, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> just like it's like you want to go to get. Uh, could you get uh, education instead, please, and not be cutting people's heads open with guitars? It's, yeah. No, that's uh, it's trippy. Hey, man. Yeah. Like, you know, it's trippy. Get back, we get back on Ian's thing. We're both drunk. Um, so no, so you're jamming with people and stuff. So, were you putting out when were you starting to like actually play live, uh, make your own songs, record stuff like that? We went on the whole piggyback thing of like when you run into a band that you respect and you're hanging out with them a bunch, but like when were you starting to actually put out music that you're proud of and, and playing live? Uh, so music proud of never. So not yet. Right. I'm sure. No. <laughs> That's uh, why you're getting better, dude. Yeah. yeah right. Why. No. So, um, so playing live and everything that was like doing house parties and like, like I said, playing like punk and like a metal covers, like 16, like 17, 18. And then kind of like first, like rough kind of like our demos were kind of like ones that we cut like in high school. That was, um, not with a burning palace. That was going to be our, uh, kind of like our first, our first band that we had kind of coined together, which was deadly remains so that was okay. um the kind of original band that we had kind of put out like three albums under so we had like a yeah demo. i remember you like our first uh interactions that was the band you were ta- telling me to check out was deadly remains i remember that now yeah yeah, yeah. so we had like a demo that was like a thrash one uh it's called like moral crusade and we had like a kind of like a death thrash or like a death metalish kind of record um before the nothing and then we had one called um, Severing Humanity, which was more of like a, a brutal death, a tech death, like kind of mix, like thing, if you will. Mm. Um, and that was just really all kind of, you know, late, like by the time like something comes out, like what everybody's into and kind of assimilated or process and like, like how you play and like what you're into. That was just, you know, us kind of growing pains and then just like with songwriting and like learning how to write music and just writing together and all those different parts, you can really kind of hear and um follow just you know some stuff maybe is a little more cohesive or a little more like whatever you can kind of really kind of hear those those kind of like growth spurts or those kind of like uh the learning curves and like some of like those material (laughs) my dad just popped on the chat and popped in dark half that was like (laughs) an original idea for like our like band when we were like i don't know like teenagers and we're like i don't know dude there's some band in mexico who has that name we can't use it okay We can't, dude. Remember so when we you were had, younger, like trying to come up with band names and stuff. And you see, just, oh, it's oh, the hardest God. thing ever. It's still the hardest thing, like it's of still. all time, dude. So just yeah. for like for people who are trying, like just know, like whatever you 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 pick on, it'll still suck, and like <laughs> yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. You're like ultimately, you know what I mean. You just gotta just 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 do something. Um, Shout out Papa in the chat, dude. <laughs> that's my dad, John, dude. Yeah. So like he's he was always yeah, super yeah. supportive and like into music, and so like he was always really just you know. 
got to give it to people who maybe just didn't see it coming when you got like devourment or defeated Sandy or just like deeds or like crazy shit getting thrown on where it's like a cookie monster city for a while. Cause we were like that, that like that's kind of like all I was like, like down to play like on stereos for a minute. So they were really, really chill with that. I mean, like we would like smoke weed and shit too. So like that would probably help, but he was uh, always a good sport with us just blasting like, you know, album after album of that stuff at the time. And just what, being like, was Papa chief in with you too. Oh yeah, man, for sure, dude. He's oh, down. Yeah, He's dude. down, man. Fuck yeah. yeah, double yeah. shout out to Papa. In the He's shout. down to clown, dude. Uh, but yeah, so like he's always like super inspiring, and uh, he does a good Bond Scott, dude. So sounds like some ACDC voice. He can he can belt those out, dude. But yeah, so like he's <laughs> yeah. where I got like all the inspo and like the exposure, like like all like the classic like heavy metal and like the hard rock stuff, you know. Probably That's getting awesome. as hard as like Metallica, you know what I mean? That's kind of like where it leaves off like with radio and like and stuff like that. Um, that is red. That's so, like, really we, cool to have that influence. <laughs> that's your stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like I said, we all really just lucked out in terms of having like really like supportive parents and like people who were like super cool with like letting us, you know, play like at their house or like, you know, like practice places. So, you know, we definitely lucked out like with that. So definitely not like a, uh, painful existence of having to like you know lug our gear across to, you know, like we, we really yeah so we, we really kind of like we're in like a, a like good point with that so he said it was nice. your workout music too you guys were you guys workout partners for a while? oh yeah dude totally when like start to like get into like uh like lifting weights and shit dude yeah and like we were like uh yeah. growing weed at the time too and like uh just like in the garage dude so you're like you're just taking care of the plants the plants are taking care of you dude and you're just getting the set in dude just, just like taking your vitamins hulkamania brother yeah, yeah, dude, you're just getting down, and you're like, "What's that, dude? We can play uh, Unleash the Carnivore again." You hear the fucking quote comes in, and that makes it not insane, and that makes it not, you know. It's like I think I can max out, dude. You know, it was great, man. Those are some great times. Couldn't do any of that now because all the, all the joint juice is gone. It's all expired. You know, I mean, you can't you can't revisit that. But uh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. What a you great really. team, though, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, what I mean, you see. Well, so I guess like part of that too was just like for like a front person or just like seeing a lot of like iconic like metal front people i'm sure there's that's like an ingrained like subconscious like archetype of just like that's what i should be too of like this kind of you know like front man like kind of thing but i remember seeing like metal singer stuff like um you know like like headfield like a, a metallica was like this towering figure and it's like well i'm not over six foot dude so i can't really do much with that but i could like <laughs> try to like be able to like lift my amp up all the way or whatever you know but like for like the death metal people you know like there's some sick dudes for like that just adds to like the level of like the believability so to speak dude especially like you like check out the old like youtube vids of like maddie like like in discord coming out just mm -hmm. like ooh, ooh, man scary mm -hmm. and like aj and stuff and even aj like with defeated or whatever it's just like watching that shit i'm just like i am in dude so i can like walk through a wall with this on you know what i mean it's just like <laughs> intense dude so yeah, they they just really like like you said in terms of like inspiring just like those vocals and like that level of like the craft like that goes into that. It's just like and you see people do that live, it's just like like me and my buddy Josh one time we we drove down overnight and I'll never forget because we were smoking at my friend Emily's house in like Runner Park, smoking blunts with a hash on whatever, just like stupid and just like twenty one, like a twenty at the time. And she's like, you guys aren't going to go to that show tomorrow. So just as an added, like, thorn in the side, it's like, we got to leave now, dude. So, like, we fucking went down to, like, a Pomona and saw a To Violently Vomit or whatever, like, like with AJ. Yeah. 
Hell at the yeah. time, and that was like 2010-ish, I think, or some shit like that. And so that was like just to see, because I like saw it advertised that like there's AJ and he's gonna be like out singing again, and like chapters of Repugnance had come out, and I was like super hyped on that, just like as defeated as like a band and their music and just like everything about it. But just like his vocals, you know, then you hear like uh, you know, um, I consume the Forsaken, obviously, and everything, mm-hmm. but like just like his output. So I was like, I gotta catch that live, dude. Like so, because I saw him too, of like from the footage a few years earlier of like a. Uh, the mountains of death like in europe or whatever and like mm-hmm. m- my friend ron like had like played drums for him in that too and it was just like fuck dude like that's terrifying to like see done so we had to catch that one that's awesome i man. didn't realize aj did a show in america around that era of tvv because i've scoured the internet for all that footage from that era and i know they did shows with maddie and then they did some other shows and i thought aj just did the switzerland show i don't remember i know there was a show that he was like for one or because maybe like was maddie mosa but he was like there too or something like that so you you definitely could be right because my you know that was like 10 years ago you're like i was Um, growing weed when i was a kid so i (laughs) but (laughs) paint chips when you were a kid (laughs) it would have made sense yeah um but um I, i was going through my instagram and like one of the first things i posted was uh when AJ came to rehearse with us at Generator, when it wasn't Generator, when it was a uh, fucking Visions Music Academy, and what we did uh... um, in that rehearsal, and we did for the first show, we did um, the Defeated Sanity song. What's the one? Engulfed in excruciation. Oh yeah, it's like one of the first things I posted to Instagram. Um, little little cam from the rehearsal, um, and he sounds, dude, he sounded so sick in 2018, like just as good as he'd ever sounded so that was a, what was, that was a cool uh, time. i can't think of they just had the one single that he sung on oh a deprecated when there was like that like last oh single the four song that. yeah yeah man that's great that that ep is something it's that... always spooky dude it's like terrence on it and shit too <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh the og deriding the his creation that shit's uh 97 98 99 what is that i want to say 98 yeah it's uh it's kind of the suedo not suedo what would be like the precursor to what was gonna happen santa cruz bay area right after that you know if you think about it what's Severed was 99 with Force of Bleed. So it was like right before the bubble over, I think, deprecated. Was it 98, you said? We need I think to, so. That's I think it was, yeah, I think it was around there. I mean, sure. Deeds, obviously, 93 with... Uh, am I right with that? Reduce... I don't want a professor right now. What the fuck? (laughs) I know. Uh, Now I'm I'm going to the phone. Used to ashes. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh wait, did I just gradually melted? What am I gradually melted? That's right. That's right. Sorry, I'm I'm all over the place right now. Yeah, it was 95, I think. And like what trading pieces or whatever. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Inbreeding was right there too, right? Right after that. Right oh yeah it's only uh like the 90s shit yeah, yeah. that sampling i love that one on there yeah yeah so okay. <laughs> 95 95 was gradually deeds, 
Deeds was early. Yeah, as I said man. wrong, wrong. That was just me. Then it was kind of like it's like Deeds was like the earliest shit for the Cali like style, like crazy tech shit, and then. Uh, and then it was like the score is really <laughs> regulators, dude. I love it, like you said, yeah. just coming through. <laughs> <laughs> um, he, Shred Ward is correct, very correct. <laughs> well, if we're if we're talking like you know, the, the, the birth of Cali Death or whatever, um, I'll share the anecdote that uh, the first recording of Wombful of Scabs was 1992, Discord's first release. Um, so I remember we, we made a thing of it when it was last year we were playing and it was like 30 years of discord or whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, we're not. No, discord. I know you're totally right, dude. But that... then, um, the other night, uh, I went out to see bludgeoned, uh, and they covered wound full of scabs and I got to just watch the song that I play, uh, performed in front of me, which was fucking cool. Oh, yeah. And, um, and you know, there's that part in the song, I think it's an Eric Lindmark part where it's like a high pitched, like whoa, fellas, scabs. Like it's like Maddie. And then they give one line to Eric, I guess. So John Huber is singing for bludgeon and he like hands the mic to me. Cause I'm right in front of him. And I like do that line is like my first time doing like a live guest or whatever from the audience perspective, you know? Um, and that was just fucking cool. And then the next night they went down to San Fernando and played and, and, uh, angel, was an audience and he like got up and like did it the whole song with them Classic. um so they got you know like you go to cali you get the discord homies coming out for you mm-hmm. it was like a cool like yeah. two show repping thing um so that's what i always loved about san diego it's like going down there and like they would always be there like yeah. in whatever tour there'd be at least yeah. two members of discord there that was like and uh, diego was always one and like yeah. and so that's yeah. dude like when uh yeah, like when my band played like a fucking I can't remember the name was like a dive bar down there. It's like two other bands. Um, Ed, who was in yeah, TVV or whatever, that. he fucking rolled out yeah. and like was hanging out for a minute and like we talked to him and I was like, dude, thanks for coming. You know, you're great. You know, so super, yeah. super cool nice. people. It's kind of like a awesome. Denver Sexophallic, like Den- like playing there. Like all of a sudden there'd be a member or four of Cephalic <laughs> would show up. Right and on. I'd be like, as a kid going like, you know, when I was first touring, I'm like, oh my God, it's fucking they're watching us like this is a nightmare like, do, not, <laughs> do not fuck up at all but yeah that's that's really cool but there's certain spots in the, in the united states where just like the big band or the cool band that you looked up to will just they just they're in their scene they're just there all the time and it's you know if it's a band they want to check out they're there and it's fucking rad that's what i love actually i was thinking about this so um i posted something today on my my story and it was it was talking about people that get um goosebumps to music you know like people that and it's actually kind of like a special i actually uh screen grabbed it right here but i feel like death metal people have this more than most um what is it called right here Frig- what i read yeah yeah that. it's like a frisian yeah so because it's it, and i looked it up i went on like a little deep dive with it and it was like 20 percent of they said 20 percent of humans have it and there's certain parts in, in death metal in my life and all music nowadays, but where I just get these goosebumps that are just mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. extreme, you know, I'm like, fuck. And it kind of makes me go like want to strive, you know, as especially as a young and like strive like harder and try harder, you know, once you get those goosebumps to kind of like it's push. harder to come by getting older. We had that a lot more coming across all we what we've come across, but now that we're that's the drug dude and 
we're still chasing it. We get it every now and then still. I can think of two parts that reliably give me the goosebumps. One is the end of the Eagle Nature by Cynic, where it goes into the like crazy, you know what I'm talking about. And the other is uh, also an outro of Exocyonic space uh sorry exospatial psionic aura by uh behold the octopus which i wanted to bring up to colin but i feel like i would just start crying but uh, <laughs> that shit every time man literally every time i just I'm like yeah it's it, weird it it's a like, weird I, I get this weird reaction to music and sometimes it, it usually it comes with me thinking or me showing it to someone and being like dude that's like and i'll like i'll start getting like and i'm like psyched it's not like sad but like my eyes get watery and i get like like they get the fucking goosebumps and everything and i'm just like i'm so stoked to, you know and sometimes there's people i show stuff to, to and they're just kind of like oh yeah it's fucking sick dude yeah, it's cool. yeah. and I, I never see that reaction from them and i think i do think it's kind of like a a kind of a condition of certain humans that uh that that feel that and i think a death metal is actually like one of the more like uh can't think of the bigger genres of where i see it very commonly you know but i uh, okay but i also think that it's because when you with what you're talking about i'm thinking of the uh my question for everybody else was do you have a song that makes you uh or invokes some kind of emotion no matter how many times you listen to that song because oh yeah, of course. Uh, the the goosebumps and all that shit too. But I'll I'll fully admit that there's certain songs that hit that button that immediately make me cry. You know, no matter how many times I listen to it, there's albums that I have to stay away from because if I get too into it, I will cry every time I fucking listen to a certain part of the album. You know, and and so. I don't know if it's death metal guys, but I think it's just dudes that and chicks and whoever that get fully into a certain music or just music in general. They, they then inject themselves into it and they become part of it. And you just emotionally are connected to it in a weird way that's a stoner way of explaining it but you you like <laughs> totally make a connection with it and then it just stays with you like no other um social connection that you've had with other, another human it's 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 it becomes something more than i don't know it's like an entity it's like a friend dude that song is my friend and i come back and see my friend and i fucking have an emotional experience with that friend and then see you later friend mm-hmm. yeah i feel like uh and i've brought this you know talked about this we've talked about this a million times but i mean music when it hits that because it's like a dopamine drop that you get from music and, and and i think that's what that's referring to that article's referring to people that get like an extreme dopamine drop you know and for me I still get it like when I'm there'll be times where I'm like down and out depressed whatever and then I'll just be driving somewhere and throw on a, a song and I'm fine I'm everything's cool like like mm-hmm. everything's solved like yeah I get, I get the chills my shit my hair stands up and I'm like fuck yeah and I just get like 
that the dopamine I was seeking during a like kind of like an oppressive little time, you know. That morning that you're like, fuck, I don't want to go to work, but then you get in the car and you find take a sip of that Battle Forge coffee. You, you <laughs> that coffee. If you're a smoker, you light up the smoke, you press play on your iPod and it's on the perfect fucking song. And then that song and that experience totally turns you around. Uh, Troy you show up at work fucking ready to go and and I don't know. Yeah, that's the that that totally is. Yeah, we're talking crying, we're talking just happiness there's there's um ways you can um guide your emotions through music you know I and think I, we're tapping into it more than others i guess i'll say before I, I forget i think one of the easiest uh examples of that on like a large scale that everybody can kind of easily digest is just thinking about uh, films or movies or scenes like that mm -hmm. they like mm -hmm. You know, and then if you cut the soundtrack or you cut the score to these like hugely emotional parts, I mean nothing. There's still the dialogue, but oh shit, like man, like that that cuts out so much. You know, yeah, it tells you how to every feel kind of movie. Yeah, kind I of mean, makes you yeah. feel a certain way on purpose. It's like if Dude. I always talk about that, like during parts of like epic parts of movies, I'm like, I'll whisper, I'll just be like, imagine if it was silent right now. Imagine if it was, if they played the circus, like duh, 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 duh. how much <laughs> the whole vibe would be completely ruined and changed. Like music, like negotiates how you're gonna feel in those moments. As I was mentioning, um, when I cry, like what song makes me cry? It's actually a soundtrack. It's from the uh, Up here in Arnofsky. No, that that. <laughs> That opening scene, that's, I know, that's I know. the it's most fuck you to <laughs> parents up. as from Pixar, dude. Just like <laughs> sit here and try and hold your fucking tears back with a fucking four-year-old that doesn't understand death <laughs> and, and, and existentialism and all this kind of crazy shit. And you're just supposed to smile at him like, it's okay. These, this, this weird person that you don't even know just died on a hill and then the person's no longer there. And yeah. No, that that land before time, up. land before time. Yeah, dude, they total always set up. Well, that's it is a total setup, dude. That yeah. they they get the kid into an emotional vulnerable state by taking away a parent, at least yeah. one parent's taken away. <laughs> oh yeah, in the beginning, just maximum yeah. trauma. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Sprinkle, and then, sprinkle. So they They're like you'll they, have to pay they, for therapy they, later. They Here's well, our they scene. Throw you into the well, but then they like. Uh, is it me okay I, I, i'm worried it's me always it's back but you're back oh, you, you, froze. Yeah, you froze okay so they they throw you in a well and then they slow you bring bring you back up into with water to the surface and then at the end they're like hey we saved you everything's good now at the end <laughs> you know it's all good the person with the, without the parent or parents is all good now they're they've triumphed all you know it's it it totally is just a fucking bait and switch dude Dude, the fucking the horse in the quicksand on the what's the what's the uh never ending story never ending story never dude, like fucking that shit fucked me up as a kid betray like, you dude betray you yeah yeah as a kid like those those scenes like stick with you and i think when yeah, the music behind it. I don't even remember the music behind it, but it's probably fucking made it twenty times worse. <laughs> Harrowing. Yeah. Harrowing. Artax. Artax. Mournful. Just grief. Or Falcor. No, Falcor was the flying like dog thing. Yeah, Falcor was the, the the dragon yeah. dog. Dragon dog. Artax, I think, was the yeah. there was like a was Falcor <laughs> that thing he's riding? Yeah, yeah. 
There was like a, a, a like, you know, they make the uh, action figures for like, it's a still like, it's like oh, ruin yeah. your childhood action figure and it shows a kid pulling Artex out of the fucking quicksand or whatever. But Can't uh, get him out. I know. That was, yeah. But like you, back to your point, I mean, music and movies. It's yeah. Like the Foundation, Darren Aronofsky's The Foundation, mm. the epic ending or not ending, but um, right. the climax and then the ending the the two pieces of the soundtrack that go with both those sections of the movie just fucking kill me they just yeah. murder my heart dude yeah and i could just i almost instantly react when those songs come on i i have to be ready for them to listen to them because i'm such a sensitive bitch when it comes to <laughs> listening to that dude you know what's funny is I love it's a Cali like death bell podcast and we're like, dude, what makes you cry? Dude? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when we were younger, this is a nightmare conversation, but when you get into your thirties, like, I'm a fuck. Like, like, fuck. But <laughs> you, get, like you realize that, that that emotional attachment is what we had then too. We just had too much testosterone <laughs> in the way to fucking <laughs> to make us admit that uh we're we're attaching that way to this art you know this art form that we all are are attaching to together and now we're like oh dude well yeah i mean how many times have you been at a show holding back tears when you're around your homies i don't hold them back joseph knows that i don't hold them back (laughs) he he saw me at a psycho fest and it was a band that's uh that was a big deal to me when i was a kid yeah, and uh, he he like walked up with all of his fucking friends. It was like beady, like everyone, and like we first we first like made contact. And I'm sitting there with like me and Pat Kenny, and we're both just crying. I was like, <laughs> I was like so stoked to see him, and I'm like, I think this is not the time. <laughs> but I'm like, it's like I'm not like sad crying. I'm just like so overly yeah. overwhelmed, overstimulated. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. like, fuck, thinking about like. You know when this music was coming out in high school what i was going through things like that like it brought back all that at, the, at that time and then like joseph's there I'm like god damn it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, can we wait till after <laughs> so uh, we all had that moment dude. i can be like dude it's all good dude hey, what's i up, think bro? that was also the first time we met in person since we started the podcast maybe we had hung out once at like casey's or something but it, oh, in any case it it worse been like fucking a long time yeah <laughs> No, it was, it was funny. Was what, that okay. time you hung out with? I wanted to get into this at some point. The Slipknot yeah. homie and uh, oh god, yeah. Isn't there something uh, in the news that yeah could be addressed? No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I don't want to. Do I don't want to mark this podcast for. <laughs> who to say the news was, that was announced about Slipknot wasn't a wasn't surprising? I'll it was foreshadowed. <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. Me, me and Dan Kenny were talking about it the other day or yesterday. We were like, dude, we were there when they were like. Anyways, coming up with <laughs> ideas for them, but uh, yeah, I know I was like, I'm, I see all the news posts now. I'm like, I feel like, uh, like I have to like erase, erase, don't say anything. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Slipknot made a big announcement, and um, yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear. Why. I want to hear. Is now playing for Slipknot. Yeah, I'm, I'm I know. I know. <laughs> okay, so yeah. my my guest who's gonna play for Slipknot is remember Krim. We uh, we on that tour with Krim? No. Didn't they already announced the drummer. No, I think it's gonna be my guess would be Krim from Cal or uh from Decapitated. He played it, he plays in like another big it's band only, now. It's only Vinny Calyuda, dude. You know. Vinny Calyuda. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I mean, Marco Minman played Necrophagia, so it's not like Jack super off. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I would be down for Estefania. You buy a new house. <laughs> Tony the rant, no. Tony the rant, no. Vinny Cayuta should just do it. You could like buy like three new houses. <laughs> I'm sick. It's no, like I don't know make it's that much like... money. That's what Corey Taylor says. It's like Slipknot. Come on, they got I mean, I've seen yeah. like I've seen I've had access to see like what these big bands get paid sometimes, and they have a corporation usually. They have a, a corporation usually, and they get paid through direct deposit. Is how it's it like, uh, it's just, a, it's, it's, just it's like, like it's like a getting job. A job at, it's getting a job at Walmart. It's like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a, a member of uh, Slipknot. <laughs> could have been Testament Slayer or Metallica that came that I knew, and uh, I would I was working when I was younger at a at a bank and seeing what he was getting paid like every day, and I was like, uh, I don't know, if that's that much for how many people are there. <laughs> like I'm like Jesus, almost six hundred bucks. I don't know if that's a good day. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know, but uh. They might just have like a, a yearly per diem that comes out. They have a daily payment or something. Yeah, I have no idea. But um, anyways, um, now that I'm going to get arrested for that. Let's just speculate um, wildly on more <laughs> financial matters. Um, so so Burning Palace starts. <laughs> so, um, right so, after that. So you got, you know, the what was the band before? So um, Dudley Remains. Dudley Remains. That's right. That's right. He's on it. So like that's like like I said. So we put out like three records, and uh, the last one to come out in 2012, um, Severing Humanity. And at that time, uh, I had gone back to school, and um, kind of like you know, kind of like slowing down in terms of playing out and trying to write more and just kind of figure out what we wanted to kind of sound like because there had been so many kind of shifts and different and like just like the music style to style to style like from from each of the records before, and. Um, so we kind of take some more time to kind of digest and kind of like wanted to kind of get more cohesion with what we're doing. So we're kind of getting more on board with a lot of like the modern acts and bands that we were kind of hearing. So uh, for me, that was kind of getting clued in from like uh, James and the band and like um, Josh and other people who've been to listening a little more of the modern stuff of like, uh, like Artificial Brain, like Pyron and like all these bands for, like from like the New York area too. And like um, uh, a Replicant and um cognizant like from texas and just like just like some more kind of bands uh imperial triumphant uh just more kind of like modern stuff too so we're kind of just trying to like assimilate and kind of hearing some of these more styles and kind of like i know kind of like noise rock elements or more melodic parts or really more like composed parts or like you know like artificial brain is one band that we really kind of like um championed a lot of like their writing uh, a prowess and like their style and everything and um so that really like left a mark when we kind of were looking to start writing and kind of we're whittling down the material that we had for hollow which was the first record that uh, we had put out um and that got picked up by transylvania tapes um out of the bay area out of oakland so um that's awesome for them so they um helped us out just with their uh support and exposure and like they did some tapes mm -hmm. for us and everything and then um total dissonance of worship um they also picked that up and did a release for that as well and then for their next record it's also going to be out on the same label so for um our second album the what was the name of the the second label again it's a tdw for total dissonance worship nice so is that like mainly their 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 label or their like stamp is dissonant metal and like stuff like that Bizique metal it's like run by the guys and like um 
a nightmare and they have like a lot of like really solid acts on it. Um, nice. So then, you know, kind of in, in the gap for maybe, so that was a 2012. So this record hollow, like that came out 2019, like 2020. So we've kind of been working on that material since like 2015 ish, maybe, or 2013, like with some of like the length of how old, like some of the songs are like, or the music was like they actually made it onto that first record um and then right after that we you know kind of have the same thing of riffs that are floating around and um you know like the pandemic hit so we we were thinking about playing more trying to get back out and doing that and being more um geared to be able to to, to play out live and then the pandemic kind of hit so we kind of you know had to like regroup and then just in that span um the amount of music that we were able to kind of uh gather and and get organized um that ended up being like like a 12 song kind of like a concept um album so like that's going to be out as our album too so are um, you uh with work you were able to be at home more and write riffs to have more time for writing riffs and stuff well just just that and and like just i guess like the lack of availability of just going out or doing anything it was just kind of that was one of the things i think everybody was able to kind of spend time on more whether or not you know you wanted to maybe or just like as an output for something to do activity yeah. wise, you know you can only read or watch or do the same stuff whatever especially when it had first really started you know like everything's like closed like you can't even you know you couldn't go anywhere really it was so intense or whatever um but yeah so like we're we're like really stoked we we feel that the new material is just improving on you know any and like all the kind of like the textures and the um the uh the songwriting and kind of the dynamics that are on hollow so we're really kind of excited that other people can get to hear this hear this material we've been playing new songs live since april of uh, this year Mm -hmm. um and we're actually playing our last live show of the year uh this sunday the 19th in santa rosa at the arlene francis so that's going to be at eight o'clock show i think um so we're going to be headlining that one it's our first time uh for burning palace doing a headlining set so we're playing an hour got it all worked out everything so we're doing like 10 songs so we're playing i think four new songs or five maybe i gotta check so four or five new songs off of like our second album that's not out yet so you can only kind of hear those live outside of burning palace though you've got some other projects and non-metal stuff that you do too right yeah man um i uh went to school just out of high school i was really just kind of like oh damn dude so my friend bob cook i like i'll I'll give him a shout out he's an og homie he says i heard burning palace which was originally an aladdin concept band (laughs) oh dude so like that's just like a that's just a small taste of this guy dude he's been roasting us since day one and 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 beyond so we'll never be rid of him uh i can't i can't remember what you asked me i'm okay i got it i got it uh yeah so um just being really into music at at the time kind of post high school i was just kind of uh geared towards that and kind of uh, took a lot of the theory and the music recs um at at, like the junior college just in town and uh because i i just wanted to kind of like bridge some gaps in my playing because i was just realizing kind of jamming or going to other people i really didn't have an understanding of it outside of playing like riffs like from songs so I didn't know how to translate a lot of like the vocabulary or anything that I really knew on the instrument. So I was like, ah, I want to be able to, you know, come up with a better way to like write my own stuff even. So I got to figure out like, kind of, you know, what, what these sounds are called or like how I'm going to organize this for myself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, 
so that was really a lot of the motivation too of just wanting to you know because i really have have a good time playing guitar like or piano like uh, piano is actually like my first instrument uh, when i took some lessons like when i was a kid and then quit because you get tired and you're just like i don't want to do it anymore i want to play basketball right um but so for guitar it was just learning that and like you know like did music theory have to do like like sight singing like and all that so then i i eventually made it to um ssu which is in runner park and then um got a a a, a bachelor's in music and um jazz studies um and i know that a casey plays and like you know you you school it on sf state i think right Mm -hmm. and um, yeah yeah so just for me just like the discipline of like like the other genres and just the um the teachers and like all the personnel that i met having to kind of study and dive into jazz music which is something that i still really like and and actively working at like um a a plane um so like i kind of have been playing like with my buddy diego so we're kind of uh just like um we're jamming on stuff and like we have some tunes posted and everything so just um that part of music too you know just like i said like there's so many kind of avenues or things for expression so it's just it's uh it's always kind of like there's something different to kind of like practice or like work on like or like listen to you know mm-hmm. um so yeah man so like outside of like all the metal stuff love playing jazz stuff and love like working on that um i teach part-time at a, a school of rock so any and all kind of like pop songs or rock songs or just whatever any of the kids are coming through with it's all fun just having to like go over that School rock, rock damn, dude. <laughs> yeah. and, rockers uh, in the house yeah man so just like outside of that yeah so let's just um you know i really kind of appreciate most styles of music and like to like you know do like a lot of like singing in, in my spare time which is funny because like for, for people who like see like like this band like in this music the only way that i've being able to kind of understand like the vocal stuff or for me is because i come from a background of um having kind of like a vocal like a technique like a two degree of doing like sight singing or like learning how to sing you know mm-hmm. so it it is funny when, when uh people ask me how to like scream or growl or like do all these things and i just come from such a um background in that and then also just kind of like learning how to like teach yourself to like sing or have to, having to pick stuff that it's just learning how to uh, uh, control your breathing really so you're, you're just learning how to to um uh, control the air so it is kind of an interesting thing like when i think of how i've kind of merged those two kind of sides of the coin of the classical like theory background and then i'm just like oh i sing like metallica songs and then misfits and then sepultura and then like it's heavier and heavier and how do i negotiate the different sounds of, of like your voice you know have you taken like actual like formal lessons in mm-hmm. how to control because i know that's a big yeah, deal dude. Nowadays. like yeah. doing like lessons in a class of like 15 people and it's like what song are you singing up here and you're like sing today true love doth now and probably like you're singing these like rando tunes or like all these well, parts. I mean, more more for more voice was metal like uh pre- preserving oh. your voice and, and like you know no no no, no and stuff and all i just things. i just know all that from my background and doing like some of like the schooling stuff and then when okay, i got okay. back into like i was trying to play live i would just practice like how to sing for just like just the stamina and just like the air so like for me so it's a lot like of that I, translates what you're saying is a lot of like the singing singing translates with like yeah, people like using like, the diaphragm instead of your throat and things like that that and like the cardio for me so like if i'm not doing that or if i don't like sing like an hour a week i've really noticed a difference in like the output and how comfortable that i feel doing like the screaming or like the growling and stuff and just mm-hmm. having it feel that comfortable i think like part of like the psychological aspect or like that confidence of just knowing that it's, you know you just feel a little bit whatever so maybe it is easier so like there's that kind of tinge to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but for me just like practicing like the actual songs of just like the singing singing and it's just like it's such a random like i sing like the cynic unplugged stuff or like 90s alt covers or like an opera thing or like 
that's cool. a pop punk thing or just like anything really that's like stamina or notes or it's just because it all helps it's all you know, like yeah like especially like when you're singing it's just having to like have air and meet these notes and these phrases and like all these things that so. does make sense i mean rather than someone just being a fan of death metal and being like i'm just gonna <laughs> someone that's been singing and actually knows how to belt their voice it's just the like, air control and i feel like can, really you can you can, can, can channel it through a certain point and, and actually you know make your voice I, last longer yeah and i feel like that's a fascinating thing that's like missing from like i don't know if like academia necessarily but just like it'd be cool to hear it really like from like a lot of like the ogs and people who like pioneered like this kind of stuff of like yeah what's their experience you know because like where are they coming out of they're just like i'm gonna like make a sound and like i, I guess really too like having someone to go off of as a reference point that's in that's kind of like a cheat code i always had because i got to hear all these bands mm -hmm. and then for me you're just trying to like well how do you replicate or make that like in your head you know so how do you make that come out or how do you shift that in like a tone way to like you know have it a little like more acidic or a little more like lower or a little higher pitch you know all those different kind of things you know yeah because i feel like i have a, I have a good growl but it lasts about nine seconds and my my voice is <laughs> done after that nine seconds is actually a long time dude i mean no, no no not like a total growl for nine seconds but i'm saying like if i'm doing like even vocals in general like my vocals are just done because i'm doing them incorrectly I'm doing them how I think they should they should sound. I'm not coming from a singing background. I'm just I'm like I should just make the noise I'm hearing, and, mm -hmm. and rather than like it's not a sustainable thing I'm doing. It's just kind of like a right, throat right. only. Just vibrate the fuck out of it. You're gonna start coughing. Yeah. It's like it doesn't it doesn't translate to actually like any kind of longevity. So well, then it's like when you see like the people who are like so like kind of like iconic or so like live or active now who are so good like. But for me, it's just the stamina or their craft, whoever it's like, they're so crisp and you can like hear, you know, the articulations of words and all these little things like, you know, like, mm -hmm. like a, a corpse grinder. It's probably like a standout like kind of guy or whatever for it. It's just like, dude, it's like he's like telling you a little story and you can totally hear everything or like stuff like that. And it's just like and the amount of like words like he's spitting out, dude, he's like rapping. It's just like it's such it's so much work that's going on, yeah. you know, so I, I feel like people don't even realize like, you know, to be protecting your voice and to, I don't know to kind of like be all in on the story or like the investment of the moment or whatever. It's like outside of like playing an instrument is the same way, but when it's singing too, it's like, it's such a full body thing. Cause like, this is like what's resonating and you have to pull the air from down here. And like, you don't push with your neck and it's all yeah. this like, you have to be thinking ahead till I got to breathe before this phrase. And this is a long scream. This is a low one. Like there's all these, you know, and like, that's why you practice, but it's still, that's a unique output that you have to kind of facilitate and kind of, dial in you know if a guitar player goes too fast he's not going to be fucked the next day you know like if a singer tries too hard and blows her voice out they're fucked the next day so it's like <laughs> but you're also playing guitar as you're doing what you're talking yeah exactly. right, right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so how did you learn to, to do that because i know for me like it, you know there's two sides of the brain with with music and and you know you watch muhammad play crazy riffs and do it and i was like how and that that when i saw muhammad do it i was like i don't ever want to try it I got like, that's how far I was like, it's gone that far now. Eh, I don't want to like, Bro. like, I can't. The I TikTok can't. kids are getting it. You're like, oh, I know. I know. It's rough. But Mahomet so, made short hair cool again when he. <laughs> I know, right? When he cut it. He cut it and grew like, out again and cut it. With the load and reload guys. Yeah, I know, right? But I mean, like, when you're, when you're starting like a, a good tip, because it's more for me than anyone else uh, listening, but I think it's actually very uh, smart. Smart. Jesus, I'm drunk. A good question to ask would be starting to learn playing metal and throwing this in front of it and then work it. So do you basically go into like autopilot with your hands or like a flow 
because usually with guitar players you're trying to be precise and you're trying to hit the notes and stuff so if you're if you're basically still trying to hit the notes but also work on the voice like you know it's like a polyrhythm like your brain's just like which one do you choose you know for a normal person some people can do four things at once and that's not normal but um how did you start working on that and how did that start getting like implemented into your band yeah yeah uh so i think like when i first like started playing it was always kind of like a, th a thrown around or maybe it was just part of just like a i don't know like i'd like to be like i'd like to sing or be like a front for you know what i mean it's yeah. like like some ego like thing too whatever mm -hmm. but it was like I distinctly remember of like the first riffs or first things I learned on guitar, trying to sing or add vocals over it. Um, and it's just like you said, like two halves of the brain or just like that kind of a concept. And it was just like impossible. I mean, I, I'm talking yeah. to like black Sabbath paranoid. You're, you're sitting on notes, you know, multiple bars. Yeah. yeah it's sure. a steady rhythm. You're just trying to add something. And just for me, like, you know, 10 times, 15, like 20 times in a row, I would stop, start like one or the other. I would keep mm -hmm. playing and stop singing or start yeah. singing and stop Same. playing. Yeah. And it's just a matter of you just have to have it lock or skip over or catch over enough to where then you're very juddingly getting it. And it's obviously it's not in time or it's like you said, it's very kind of like angular, like it's not smooth at all. So is it a muscle that you work out that like, let's say you're working on paranoid and you're able to do it finally, then you bring mm -hmm. it to metal and you're able to play a riff and do this one riff while you sing. Mm -hmm. but now you're working on many other riffs mm -hmm. is it something that muscles now strengthened so now you can do it for other things now it's now a skill that you've worked on where now you can you can apply it to other riffs and other parts of the song or is it oh, still okay. for every one of those riffs is it still that struggle it's still new so if it's new then that's still a struggle and it'll still just be like you know i mean if, if we're rehearsing and i'm adding vocals and stuff and i'm st and, and i'm playing it's kind of like well definitely i'm gonna miss parts or it's gonna like you know i'm not gonna whatever like, like that's like a, like a goes mm -hmm. without saying but um i feel like just in the amount of experience of just all kinds of just genres of music and like i said i think a lot of things too of like musicianship wise like there's so many techniques or facets or ways that we make sounds or textures in like metal or like the kind of metal that we like or are into that mm -hmm. there's so many things like like that we're pulling from like we're doing strumming and we're doing like singular picking or like little like yeah bluegrassy like a picking patterns or we're doing like these little like string skipping or we're doing like strums or flakes or rakes or like whatever so it's like in the experience of playing all these different genres and then just having to line up those rhythms of just you know like a country song and like strumming over or whatever mm -hmm. any of that it's all like for me when i step back and i'm able to kind of do it if i'm doing it right most of the time and it's sounding good it's more of like i'm hearing the song in my head and i'm doing it so it's that kind of like cohesion of like okay like we're starting the song okay and i know how it goes and i know that whatever this is all like a frenetic or these things happen and yes they're at opposing points but i'm listening to it as i'm kind of like imagining it as i'm going to be like manifesting it or like interesting or, or just doing it right so you're just yeah, playing yeah. it so i'm like okay so i'm like starting together i'm doing these things like, you know and i guess like the past um practice of both the vocal and the instrumental part i just can sync that up yeah, and like I said, it's definitely not perfect on the first few times, and it still takes that upkeep or like that revisiting of those parts. Because if I because if I don't, it's like oh wait, like like this is here again, or just like oh wait, I need way more air to like do that part, or it's like oh man, like that's really busy to play and sing at the same time. I forgot that that was that hard or whatever, you know. Yeah. yeah. So just like just like any of those parts, but I mean, that kind of the lineage of those guys. I think of like Luke and like uh from like Gorguts and like you said like Muhammad like Necrophagius and like Deeds. Yeah. Uh, death of course you know what i mean yeah. um so it's not impossible but you know it is like a definitely kind of like an added thing and then for me too like a big band was obviously like a metallica coming up too it's like like that was always like a so cool 
Um, the, the best guitar player singing too. <laughs> just, just, I mean, it's, it's really, and like, you know, and like that's across like genres or any kind of music, just people playing and singing, doing that. Like I said, how hard either one is, but just really it's like you said, like the, uh, the dual things that you're doing, like with the rhythm and then just, just to be able to kind of maintain and take that, uh, load of like, you're carrying like this melody or this note or this kind of like a kind of more out front, um, point in the song. Yeah. on top of whatever it's just like it's it's a lot of output you know so i do think at times that people underestimate like oh like you're just gonna growl or sing whatever. it's like nah but to like do it good you know what i mean like these people have spent xyz time to like be able to like deliver mm -hmm. that that specific sound and it's know? not even with metal too like there's times where you know because i've known my struggles with obviously anthony we we know with me trying to do backup vocals playing bass <laughs> um but you know like there's even bands like or people like try to think of something random like um like watching like a jewel like watching jewel play i'm like it's only her and the vocals and if she hits a dead note in that g chord everyone's gonna be like Ugh. it's gonna fuck up the whole thing and to me that pressure is it's just so paramount and huge and it, it, it makes such a big difference to me if you miss one chord change and it doesn't like you miss one note in it then it to me i mean i was like up. Oh, you know, as a, as a listener, I'll be like, because I'm obviously like listening to a lot of crazy technical things. Like, up oh, that note, uh, she didn't hit that that note very well, and uh, like, and that's the same. But me being like that, I put that on myself, and I put you know, like me being. Yeah, in position, yeah I was like, just gonna easy. say that was your yeah. perspective because we were putting a microphone in front of every person in Odious. If you really yeah. think about it, everybody on stage had a mic in front of them, and we all. Contributed we were changing time signatures times of song so i was like and like the the changing of time signatures and like oh fuck and then that was the part where i had to come in and i was like <laughs> i don't want to like get in front of the mic because i'm like I, i'm more worried about that's a little like extra cherry on top is that you know the backup vocal but for me like playing the song right is <laughs> all i care about i don't like vocals, are, you know, backup vocals are, are cool and all, but like hitting those <laughs> notes, you know, for me. Man, this is a little off, but I listened to the new Jimi Hendrix album that came out. It's like a live album that they, you know, found in the archives. Mm -hmm. And uh, Noel Redding just brutalizing the songs with his british backup vocals <laughs> jimmy's just so sick and just he's like got the swag and and then it's just like let me stand next to your fire it's just like oh man <laughs> or, just uh, just chewing those words yeah. yeah or at that outro purple haze he just like purple haze he just says it over and over it's just like, like oh, purple just, haze yeah oh fuck it's like a phone book <laughs> And it's 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 a listen, you know. There's been great great stuff on that, and it's it came out on my birthday of 1967, so I was like, I have to listen to it. But, nice, dude. But that's shout awesome. out bass playing, uh, backup vocals. <laughs> I mean, guitar playing, backup vocals. Jesus Christ, that's that's why I was I'm so interested in the subject. Um, so basically, you're just saying have. I mean, if you're let's say you're getting into it and you're brand new, brand new to the like to playing like this, so it would be getting the riff down like back of your hand down and then being able to like insert like put the riff over here in the brain so it only takes you know one third and then put the rest towards vocals or yeah and like i think probably 
on like a, a technical aspect, you probably are like like can already play it fine. You know what I mean? So yeah. it sounds like from like lack of like vocal stuff, it's probably that is just you maybe like you know like like you're like kind of like fixing yeah. on that. So I would think like even if it's like growling or whatever, I think you just like for most of the time like for most people and like myself included, because if, if I'm not like I said, if I don't have like my practice or I'm not I'm not able to kind of hear myself or gauge that, that just makes me feel like a little bit more confident. Um, just singing or like you said, getting used to like, like I can only do like, like for nine seconds or like hold a note, just getting used to like where you're at or what it feels to like do air. And even just, I'm not even doing like the growling. So just like mm -hmm. building up even like, like if you sing in your car or something for 15 minutes or 20 minutes, it's like, like you notice a difference. Like then when you go to actually like sing or like do notes, you know what I mean? So it is kind of like a surprising how like a little bit of time. So I, I, I would say too, it's just a matter of having to like. You practice of just like match singing syllables just the songs with no like. changes is that something match syllables with no oh changes? sure yeah yeah so like right so like 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 that's a really kind of like a common thing too if, if you're hearing like a, a part's in a riff you know that's just going by like, you know like a da -da 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 -da. you are you know you can yeah, do that yeah. all the time or then you can sing over it right if you're holding notes right so like those are all those cool mix and you, match points you ever you ever sing like uh like in a different kind of signature than what you're playing um i think that kind of happens invariably when i'm singing longer notes over like the phrasing i think that maybe mm -hmm. happens more on like the second record that we have um that's going to come out um but that definitely happens i mean off the top of my head if i if, if i think about that it doesn't seem that way but i'm sure like in a technical way you could probably count some or like find something yeah, like yeah. that makes sense on you know what i mean um i think there's a riff in one of the newer songs that's like in five four and I just kind of like come in on like one end or like beat two or something. And then I just mm -hmm. end up doing that. So like, that's where the phrase starts. It just starts just not on the one or whatever. So there's just things like that, that just sound a little bit more like a music. So it's not like, you know, starts here, starts here, starts here. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, like, you know, just in terms it's, of, like, you're not focused on like, Oh, it's coming on the, you know, you're, you're focused. We're on not just like... worried about making the section. It's like, Oh no, it's like, we got it, man. And then it's yeah, like, yeah, Oh, yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah. and then the vocal came in, like they know what they're doing or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, I mean yeah. like, that's all the growing pains with the songwriting of just like, we made it through section B to see, to see, you know what I mean? Like, but it's like, you know, we're trying to pay attention now to like transitions and like, what's the dynamic or like, how can we, you know, like tying together this part or like, you know, because there's so, there's so many bands that aren't, you know, haven't gone through music school and stuff like that. So can you talk about a little bit how you write a song? So you're saying, do you map it all out on a on a board? Do you have, you know, section A, B, C? Or are you kind of just flowing with the, with the the grind of what's coming out? Or how do, how do you we write? We typically yeah. just have a collection of, like, riffs that, like, my guitar uh, guy, Josh, has, like, had, like, toying around. And, and, and like, sometimes we'll have them, like, all demoed out even. Yeah. Um, or I'll have the same thing worked out and then just kind of like invariably we'll just have to meet up and kind of, you know, teach one or the other how it's going and then like how we're hearing it really. Right. So then like, there's that whole kind of like, you know, chess game of just like, you know, like do this two times. It's like, Oh, like no three times. Like, but I play the cutout. No, I play the cutout. It was like, you play the, you know what I mean? So like you get to go through like, like all that of like how we're hearing parts and like what's the best version so to speak and then it's just a matter of um just like the plane of it and kind of like what feels good or sounds good or what like what, what do we naturally hear like that would come after like this kind of point and you guys are all bros right there's not like when when someone has like a like conflict because conflicts in bands you know sure it, it's happened i've heard that bands <laughs> have had uh creative differences um so to keep a band like in a, in a long-term setting what what would you say is like a what you guys do and what what bands like advice for bands that are like trying to stay together and stuff and not be like step on toes 
is it just the kind of humans that you're dealing with in the beginning or is it something to do with how you allow ideas to come in and not shit on them <laughs> i think it's probably everything that you just said you know i think that's yeah. one of the like how i mentioned earlier it's such a special thing just to be able to hang with like like with people and obviously over a longer period of time and just to play music like with people in any capacity mm -hmm. you know it's really like a special time and um you know i think it it varying times like people get frustrated like with each other's personalities or takes on things or whatever or everybody's vying for maybe like their own artistic vision or their best version of what they hear or how they hear something or see something you know mm -hmm. so i feel like having to deal with that inevitably you're having to compromise or you're having to hear everybody else out and kind of like check yourself or like check your ego or like check you know what um why you're so attached to your version of something yeah. and like why can't it be this way and it's like and then and like what if it can't be like like your version mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. it's like are, are you not going to participate you know what i mean yeah Obviously yeah, yeah. Exactly. you know what i mean so, so so it's like what are the motivations behind like these feelings of just like why does it have to be this way or that and like what's what's the other person saying you know and um you know is and then you know kind of just getting out of the idea of like right versus wrong it's like what's the best idea for us for this music for this yeah. song for this piece you know yeah um so the, i mean you know i think that, that very big happens like we um had a little bit of a gap prior to like a burning palace being like kind of really kind of like realized after you know because i had gone back to school and other people had some different things chris our bass player he kind of like uh, took a break just for a minute so like, he wasn't playing like with us for a few years mm -hmm. um so you know it's just one of those things like people like do different things during life and have like other life events and you know have girlfriends and like you know like get like other kind of hobbies but um we were still jamming josh james and i and then wrote and put out the hollow material and our um a producer friend nick kind of he, he had filled in on the on the bass for that uh, recording and then uh, uh chris came back and he's been playing with us ever since and everything and he's on the, he's on the new record um so i feel really it's just taking a step back and being able to appreciate you know how kind of how insane and outlandish like life and everything in general is so then the fact that you're gonna have this time and everybody's carved time out and everybody's willing to invest or do this you know to really kind of just enjoy that, you know, because there's yeah. so much that's like difficult or that's challenging, like whatever. So like for, I think just like, as you get older now too, is just being able to kind of appreciate that, like, Oh, you know, well, like I really do enjoy this or having this bond or having this experience with everybody else and where it's taken me and getting to meet other people or whatever. And it's just being more grateful or kind of trying to be more uh, grounded in terms of that versus like, you know, me, me, me. And this is like my stuff or my song or my music or like that kind of a thing. Um, so and, you know, like, let's say like you have a, a riff that you're like, this is the next part. This is has to be the next part. And then everyone else, or pe other people in the band are like, nah. So you being you understand the situation that you're you know, we're lucky to play this. We're lucky to have this time to do this. Oh, maybe not always in the exact uh, situation. <laughs> I, I'm like, sure, that, that there's just like, all right, well, it's like, you know, like I'm not jamming anymore or something like that. You know what I mean? Or yeah, or like there's yeah. all those like having to like step back or hear it back and then just be like, oh, hearing that, the, the, you know, like that suggestion or version of playing it in this riff order, if we swap that out or they yeah. heard this is a verse or a chorus or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and then like that's where like the level of attachment or whatever is coming into like am i upset that they're changing it or am i upset that i didn't hear it that way initially or whatever you know what i mean like do i yeah, want to just yeah. be like i wrote the whole thing or like you know like so it's like what is the reasoning why we can't just try to agree on like the best mm -hmm. with like mm -hmm. the material like that we have or whatever you know mm -hmm. and um and yeah it's like that's definitely just kind of trying to take yourself out of it as much as possible like i said so like in the moment always like no because yeah you're totally very attached to like stuff and how you're hearing something or like you know, like like you said, like I hear this riff after it. 
you know what I mean? Ian hits me when I try to change his rips. Oh, uh, so yeah, so like that's like Josh in there. Josh always will crack me up because because he'll he'll like have some great riffs and like and like he does and has a, has some cool music. And then he'll like he's the king of this, dude. He'll think he's the king of having them and then forgetting them completely, <laughs> completely. And he recorded them, wrote them, recorded them. It's on record. We come back and try to play with them or like play it at the jam. Yeah. He's he's <laughs> diehard that that we're changing it on him, and that he recorded it differently. So like we're gaslighting him, like like we're trying to punk him, you know what I mean? <laughs> but he cracks me up because like he'll have played something for me, and then I'll play it back, and he'll always tell me I like make it way harder or add some stupid kind of like rhythmic thing that's not there. So it is totally true of like in the game of like a musical like um a telephone, you know, like in like that child's game, it's just like it is very interesting and just in like an oral sense of like how much can change between how you know just how like somebody plays and like their technique or whatever and all that kind of stuff so it is kind of like a a funny thing with all that you know but yeah so it is always like that ongoing just like the relationship and it's like you know music's fun you know it's supposed to be fun if it's not that way you know i don't see why anybody would be spending the time on it you know you would uh aside aside real quick from the millions that are in death metal (laughs) (laughs) you can buy my free course at instagram burning palace yeah why don't that's one thing buy the free buy it buy the free course buy the free course purchase the free (laughs) course um no one thing we always miss out on is uh when we talk about like oh shout out something so I think lessons are, you know, when, when people come on, lessons are kind of a, a lifeline for a lot of musicians. So how do people uh, get in touch with you and do lessons? Yeah, man. Uh, you can reach me at um, iandrewgtr at gmail.com. So I'm happy to talk shop on like guitar or like vocal stuff or like any kind of theory. Um, so yeah, I have some experience with all those kind of things. Um, I was going to, one of my questions I've been trying to spit out for a little bit, but I've been just waiting. <laughs> uh sober you said you studied uh jazz and i wanted to know how much you dabble in improvisation and that was kind of a piggyback question okay yeah how you write like Mm -hmm. riff wise or Mm -hmm. or if you like to uh get into situations where you can just improv and freestyle whatever you're doing do you do you enjoy that and how much do you play with that? I'll read these. Oh, these people are funny. Yeah, so I definitely think that was always a curious part and an interesting part of getting into the more um I know, I guess like avant-garde or kind of like compositional stuff of like the later Gorguts records and kind of like uh, you know, some of like um and just in some of the songs or bands where they're really stretching out or they're having these like repeating parts or like longer sections of music. Um, the improvisation parts, I feel like we've been like leaning into those kind of bands of like ripping corpse or human remains and, uh, mm-hmm. and other kind of like noise kind of uh, components or like some kind of like other grindcore stuff too. It's just like, uh, in the burning palace kind of like a material. Cause all of the first records, um, prior to that, uh, kind of had shifted in style so much that we had tried to like you know kind of take everything that we like and try to make that all available so there's definitely some kind of inspired or or like some kind of um jammed out parts that were kind of like the result of kind of you know having some improv parts or kind of just jamming around and kind of like uh, coming up with things and i think that's Mm -hmm. that's that's very much how i kind of hear music kind of like write music too like when i'm like writing original stuff is um the certain parts I'm very attached to, but then it's also trying to like capture like a texture, like an overall kind of like a sonic kind of like a, 
a moment in like certain parts too. So that necessarily might not be specific to like certain riff or certain chord or a certain series of, you know what I mean? It, it might just be more about kind of gathering the energy or a certain thing for that part too. Um, so, so that's kind of just you, getting more like with like noise and like how we're generating like, like, like the sound on the instrument too, you know? So that's always a fun thing. Are you comfortable in that element though? Like it, could you sit down with a jazz band and, you know, play a song and when it becomes your time, just sit there and improv a solo over a rhythm that they're playing for you and then get yeah. out of it and end up jumping back in with the rhythm and then yeah. onto the piano and Yeah, man. Sick, dude. Yeah. It's a fun thing to like, you know, just kinda of hash out. It's like a the composing like in real time just kind of aspect, you know. Right. So that's always a fun thing. So I feel like that's kind of the same vibe if you know, from really being able to be present and kind of, uh, I guess, really what I've learned so much with the improv and with the, the, the jazz stuff is really it's a uh, really you have to have that confidence. I was telling like Joel, whatever, like with the singing, which is such like a vulnerable thing and it's so like out front and it's your voice and everything. But like with the improvisation stuff, it's really having the the confidence and the notion that you're 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 gonna follow your idea enough to where it can play out you know what i mean so it's yep. like you you have to be able to give it space or to be able to you know be all in on it you know because like if you aren't well it's like obviously it's 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 not going to happen because you're the person who's like you're singing this out or like you're making it up right mm -hmm. so that's one of those cool parts about that and i feel like that's just adding to like the kind of the risk or like the fun of like being in the moment like an in-person and i think when we kind of play our tunes live there's a certain like level of uh parts or like in like some of the riffs where you know i might do a different harmony thing or like we kind of embellish things or do like you know like little like jammy sections or whatever so we definitely like to kind of you know not have it be uh too stiff or sounding too kind of hyper i guess like stiff just would be the word you know what i mean like we, we want there to be like that level of kind of grease and kind of chaos to it you know what i mean yeah how's that oh good I was just going to say it does have a, a healthy human aspect to everything. That <laughs> right, right. But in a, in a great way, that's actually a, a, a compliment from us on this show is that, you know, having a human aspect to your recording, you'll, that's already a plus in most of our eyes because we're the old guys now from the 90s, you know. Right, right. And, uh, but it, it, uh, it does have that grit that you're talking about but like I, I, like i said in a good way like the kind of grit that i'm looking for you know right, right. well dope yeah because we definitely try to have like the ferocity captured just like in those takes and then just live too you know so we've been really trying to put in some rehearsals we have this like last show of the year and uh i mean just like in the last few months we got to see like cryptopsy live got to see cannibal corpse and gore guts yeah i mean so we've, yeah we've got some really good reference points just to pull from just like dude just hammering down live man just so powerful and such good playing it's just like super exciting you know so that's really cool for all the younger folks that these bands are still around and that some had reformed and are active you know what i mean because that was crazy mm -hmm. just the thing about mm -hmm. growing up it's like they weren't even playing you know it's like similar to uh going to jesus wrong button <laughs> um it, it's similar to uh you know like going if you're like wanting to write movies and coming out of a movie you know like these cool movies come out and stuff like that and you're like inspired totally. and shit and like coming out of it like you know because movies have this way of when you walk out of it kind of like oh i have this weird inspiration i don't know why yeah, some yeah. Sort of like seeing this piece of art in front of you and you're like oh i need to go do more things and 
and and and seeing all those bands that come through you're just kind of like fuck it kind of like puts you on hyperdrive for totally kind of uh i'm listening to you guys the whole time by the way uh in the background it's fucking red burning, <laughs> right on, burning palace is sick dude yeah i mean because I, I basically like you know i uh got off work went to dinner uh came back and i had like 10 minutes and i just threw you guys on real quick i'm like fuck it i could tell like you guys knew like the the dissonant chords i loved it like that's like my favorite thing is like this i mean you know diminished chord or just like crazy like uh dissonant things in metal are like my favorite now and and do you listen to any kind of like prog metal because to me like as i get older as like an older gentleman that's about to hit 40 in about a year um, nah, we still got a whole seven, year, dude. Eight months. I got eight months, dude. Um, like uh, for me, like I've, I've started, you know, Rush. I've always loved Rush, and I've loved a lot of the prog bands from the early days and stuff like that. Taking a lot of influence from them. Um, for me, I've kind of found myself going towards kind of like the old proggy metal, just because like the ideas in that are fucked, like with timings and shit. And I'm like, I don't even know what the fuck you're doing. Like I've no, and they're like they basically have all these cool ideas that i think uh, i'm seeing death metal kind of adopt slowly but surely um do you dive into other kind of styles of like of prog metal or any, or any yeah prog yeah dude yeah. when like when you're describing stuff i thought you're gonna like pull the neck down and have like the steely dan tattoo or something oh no 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 i mean my dad that was one of my dad's favorite bands, <laughs> I was, i'm getting older dude yeah dude you're like Asian, steely dan, it, dude. dude just like green book dude <laughs> But no, man, like for the prog stuff, I mean, um, I mean, I guess aside from like the death metal bands that kind of added that or had that flavoring kind of happen, like, you know, it's kind of like death human. That's like, that's a huge thing with that. Yeah, and, like, yeah. Obviously, yeah. like of the Gorgas material, then those guys coming out um, with Cynic. That's a huge band, like for me personally, too, just in terms of like opening like my ears and like and like just like my mind and stuff to everything so like they're just writing on like a focus that was one when i first heard it we like went down to like amoeba records in like uh a, a berkeley i think and we got that and like i got that in, like schizophrenia like my sepultura and like Fuck yeah blessed are the sick like morbid angel and we're just blasting him out like my my yeah. dad's like spare car it's like a shitty like 90s like steven seagal like a drug dealer movie car like a 90s like dodge spirit dude just yeah. has the aftermarket stereo in it so just fucking thumps though dude we're just blasting what, the shit, what was what was john thinking about that dude Oh, he's down, dude. He was he, he was hooking us up with it, dude. He's he like fucking red ass dad, dude. He got it for like a thousand bucks off of somebody because they were like it's like some like a grandparents' car, like they didn't drive it or whatever at all, you know, yeah, like, yeah, no yeah. miles. But dude, so like first time like like blasting focus has like the vocoder of like meow, 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 and I was just like, nah, dude, this isn't yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah. like, come on, man, like come on, dude, like put the put the other guy on, you know what I mean? Kind of, <laughs> the other guy, yeah. It was just, just a girl all the time, or like the, or like just kind of a thing, right? You're just you know, yelling, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so once it could finally, you know, it had hit like like a little while after I'd had it, and I was just like kept reading. Oh, everybody talks about it. And like, oh, like you know, Sean and Paul are on human and blah blah. It's like, all right, I'll, like we'll try again, you know. Then it's just like, poof, you know, yeah, yeah. Once it so, hits, like, yeah. So just like the musicianship and all that. And then like once I started to study music at like the junior college, I was way more open to just all kinds of stuff and uh, just getting to so much music. But um, for prog metal stuff, I mean, they were a big act. But I think animals as leaders is huge too just in terms of like yeah. they were kind of coming out when i was like like the same age like a kind of category and just his style and just at least for me just like extended range guitar and actually kind of like making use of everything it's pretty unique and i don't really see a whole lot of people who are able to kind of do that did and, you end uh, up did you ever see him with reflux before animals as no no i never saw him with anything but with animals um yeah but they were i mean yeah, yeah. when i saw him with animals it's just crazy and you're just like 
fuck, dude. I mean, we like, did their first tour. They were like opening for us. <laughs> and that was, I mean, uh, also like he was filling in for Born of Osiris one tour. I right, did, right, right. But uh, yeah, seeing him, I was like, my brain was just kind of like, just question mark was like, what is going on? Like, I don't like he, they were just, they would set up in the, in the backstage and just practice the whole time. They would practice for like three hours before they went on and they would play their set. They'd be like second or third up on summer slaughter. And then they would come back, reset up all their shit and play for like six more hours. Doing the like, cool down. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, remember Dude, those whole time, like he'd constantly be like, Hey Joel, you want to like do a lesson? And I was like, nah, dude, I don't, I don't know. I was like all scared. I was like, I don't want to do a lesson with you. You're all good, dude. It sucks. <laughs> like, and uh, I remember like looking back on this now. I'm just like, Jesus, and what the the star he is now. I'm like, well, fuck. I mean, I would probably say no again, but just <laughs> so I think like but, uh, <laughs> animals as leaders uh, for me. Um, a dysrhythmia. That's another super oh, like yeah. incredible oh, yeah. band, incredible roster. Obviously, the personnel and like who they're playing with, and you know Kevin and Colin and Gorguts and Collins and a million other projects and everything. Oh, and yeah. Same with Kevin, but uh, but yeah. So like just their records. I've got to see them live a few times. I, I got to catch them at Elba Room SF before it closed, uh, which is like upstairs, COVID, like up those right? fucking COVID stairs. Posted? I don't remember. Probably. I think Wait, this dysrhythmia. Yeah, it was like 2012 on the Tessa Submission Tour dude, one. We probably ran into each for other. For sure. They didn't play until yeah. like 1230 at night, dude. It was sick. Like some band from Portland started at like 1130, and I was like, fuck, dude, this is going to be a late show. And it was because yeah. like for San Francisco, like like at least at that's like, it's still like they're always shutting shit. Like it's like not like a 24-hour city. It's lame. Like everything's closed yeah, at yeah, 10. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like this really like went on like at midnight. It's so, like these finished at like 2 or something. It was <laughs> sick, dude. It was fucking cool. And Never I'll that argue one. that upstairs at the Elbow Rooms got good sound. It was, dude, dude it was fucking sick dude that was a good time so i was glad i rolled out there okay so like them and then just like i guess a, a lot of older kind of like i guess any prog stuff and just i mean all like you know a lot of kind of the classic metal or like hard rock and like a lot of like grunge stuff's great for some of the soundscapes and just like mm -hmm. ethereal like kind of quality is big allison chains and like all of those kind oh, of guys yeah. um but for Proxy, you know, I'm big on like a lot of classical stuff too. So like, you know, a lot of and then a lot of getting into like the 20th century stuff gets really weird. You got the Schoenberg and like Penderecki mm -hmm. and just some of the 12 tone like 20th century stuff that like, I got to study. Um, and then like what Anthony had like mentioned uh, with um, Aronofsky and like a record for a dream, like the Clint Mansell stuff and that's like, what it is. Yeah, the soundtrack, dude. It's like like there's some heavy like Hans Zimmer, like like there's some other people. Just you know, mm -hmm. if you can think of movies you like, you probably would like most of the music, if not all of it. That that's in it. You know, just is like a listen, the standalone. Do so. you take much uh, influence from? Because uh, my best friend Carrie Gear will you know puts together these uh, these soundtrack kind of like setups for me on uh for uh, you know Hans Zimmer and. A bunch of other, uh, Thomas Bergen, Bergen or something. I don't know. There's always like cool. Yeah, yeah. That's real personal. Um, and, and for me, like when I work, I'll throw I'll throw on the mix that he made uh, of uh, symphonic, like yeah, Tom, Thomas Bergenson, uh, Nick Phoenix. Uh, do you take a lot of info? I mean, because listening to that, I was like, okay, whatever. I don't know if I'm really like into listening to this. John Dykes, like listening to this stuff right now sounds like oh, okay well whatever but there's so much so many ideas in in, mm -hmm. in inside of like soundtracks where it's like oh fuck it's like evoking this emotion mm -hmm. and there's riffs in there <laughs> there's like straight up metal riffs like in these like the, these zimmer tracks or these you know all the to glory by uh thomas bergenson it's mm -hmm. from two steps of hell or whatever um listening to those 
soundtracks and have, have really like made me like inspired, you know, and I, I feel like that's probably one of the big reasons walking out of movies and I'm kind of like, Oh, I want to go do stuff now. I think it's the soundtracks behind them are so impactful. The um, soundtrack to a clockwork orange was, I think the first soundtrack that I think I purchased dude. And there's tons of classical Beethoven and kind of some weird eerie stuff weird what i guess you would call them like remixes but well if you're not then, in, if you're not into soundtracks i think the good way to get uh, into it's like know the movie and like get the soundtrack yeah effect and then you can put visuals to it and you're like oh shit this is the the emotion that they're invoking at this time and then like but listen to what actually the music's doing you're like oh fuck okay it's yeah like, oh, this is when they're having a threesome oh yeah <laughs> this is a burning one but no it's just like i think you like like you you said it just where it's like listening to the soundtracks or everything. It's, it, it goes so much to like identifying uh, their stuff or like, you know, if you listen to a soundtrack for a certain score or whatever, it's just like there's a cohesion to it or there's a like recurrence of themes or like these different things or these sounds or whatever, these parts of the story. So I feel like that goes so much to lending itself. Um, being able to like, oh yeah, it's like exactly. There's a person in the comments for like a video game soundtracks. It's like, absolutely it's yeah. the same thing. Just being able to kind of absorb like that idea or whatever. So then it's just like your ear can recognize it. And then it's just too, it's just, it's such a good songwriting thing of like, they're really stretching or like how many different variations, like do they get out of their idea? So they're really like making use of what they have, you know, which is kind of like always like what lends itself to like some really good kind of like cohesion and transitions and like good songwriting. It's just like, they're maximizing what they're already coming up with, you know? So it's like, Definitely when they're pulling that off well it's 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 kind of like safe to say you know it's going to be kind of firing like on all cylinders you know what i mean when they have yeah, that it, kind of oh wow it's like that's that part oh and now like now that yeah. instrument played that part oh and now like now they they pick that up it's like oh cool i got i got that you know exactly like uh, for people that aren't into soundtracks and just understanding the video part of it first and then the song that's behind it and then putting it on just but without the video and just being like Oh shit! And absorbing yourself in the music, you're like, oh fuck, this is uh very impactful by itself. Like the the scene was impactful too, but the music kind of negotiated how I felt about this. You know, like it's and then when it's just only that, it, it really kind of I'm talking about like a way to get into like listening to soundtracks if you're not into it. You know, mm-hmm. like just take a movie you like, listen to the soundtrack, and kind of just like. Oh shit! This is like, or like for people, like they could think about what do they listen to, like for exercise music, or whatever. It's like, yeah, well, if if you picked an up tempo one or something, like from a film or something, it it it's the same thing. You're just gonna listen to it and be like, oh, like I'm in the movie, dude. I can like, <laughs> yeah. whatever, you know. <laughs> well, I am legend, bro. Well, well, like that's that's the same biofeedback response that that people yeah. are trying to uh, negotiate out of no matter like what they're listening to totally. the motivation or the upbeatness or they can you know keep up they can stand up they can jump they can whatever you know so yeah, i think i think a lot thing. of a lot of people that are like really deep in song or uh like popular songwriting that people that write the songs mm-hmm. i think they're very educated in this and i think they know what's gonna make you go like oh stuck in my head forever mm-hmm. they're gonna make, make you know what's gonna fucking like like jog your adrenaline and be like oh i you know like get you into it and i I feel like it's like a study and um it's i mean it kind of sucks for a lot of the the people that get the glory and and in these uh popular music scenes nowadays because you look at right look at the top 20 most listened to songs in the last decade you're like jesus christ where's the where's a band there's like one band maybe in there it's all like it's just singers now and or rappers it's not like 
an actual band or music. It's like, oh, this guy wrote this psychologically driven song and you all bought it and, you know, insert singer here. And now that's pop music. You know, that's I've kind of come to the conclusion that a lot of this pop music is it's psychologically driven to get stuck in your head and make, you know, like make a connection with you on a very basic level. But um, it works. But there could be the the back doorway too. Like the, we were back to the video game soundtracks. Like everybody who played that first Tony Hawk video game no. can yeah. hum that CKY riff. Yeah. I mean, the '90s were sick, but I'm talking about like. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but that guy that snuck in the back door because no, I wasn't a CKY fan before that, and then oh, no, everyone knows that riff. If you yeah, if you started at like the three notes, I know exactly where you're going with it. It's like yeah, yeah, crazy. and it, that's what it is. It's 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 uh subliminal and Silent Hill. Just yeah, yeah, exactly. Those exactly. groups that Mega scale. Man, just go back to Mega, or go to Mega Ca- Man, dude. Castlevania, Castlevania, Castlevania 4, dude. Yeah, SNES. yeah, yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah. I have that from Mondo. I have that vinyl, dude. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Or 16 bit or 8 bit. 8 bit or 16 bit. They made that sound like old Sonic the Hedgehog. Slaps, dude. So good. Yeah, the Sonic, dude. Mario, the Mario. Mario themes, Super oh, Mario 3, some shit, shit in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's all pro musicians just like getting there with like an 8 bit going like they have a little keyboard. Which is okay. So, which is a random thing because there is this uh, jazz a drummer who I follow who lives in New York, right? It's just like, kind of this super random. And I just saw his post the other day. He's like, hey man, surprise EP coming out. And it's him with like a, a guitar player and a bassist and like a uh, like horn, I think, or like maybe a pianist. But yeah. I shit you not, dude, the water level from Castlevania 4, like the... Dude, their improv of this song, it's like the same key and like the same <laughs> lick somehow, dude. And like that's what I heard it. That's what I recognized it from, from like my musical bank or whatever. I was like, yeah. oh shit. Like that's like the mode or the sound or the scale from like that part of that... Cal- and it's just crap me up dude i like i text my brother i was like dude this i heard this jazz and like i sent it to him i was like it's the castlevania water level right you know <laughs> that's so sick the Just stuff like we have easter eggs floating in around there. in there you know yeah yeah no. the easter eggs there are is, huge dude when you find two things that sound eerily similar or almost identical dude i found there's a uh a rhapsody song i gotta i won't remember the name of it now and then the intro to Tim and Eric, there's a solo in a Rhapsody song that almost is like note for note for the first five seconds, dude. It, it almost is so close. I'm like, I think that Tim and Eric might be like, you know, trolling them. But, or, yeah. Or, but I don't know what came first. I should have, I should have more information if I'm going to bring it up. God damn it. And I'm oh, such a dork nowadays with music, like with these prog bands I listen to, I'll like be listening and I'm like, there'll be like something like that thrown in. I'm like, oh, they hinted at like an old Castlevania or like a song from their first album. They did one riff of it and went back into their song. And like, I like those little, as I get older, those little Easter eggs of like finding like, oh, I got it. It's like reading a book or something. Be like, oh, no, I understand. I'm making the link myself with my ears, even though I have one good ear. You but, get uh, so many of those in hip hop and samples, though, too. It's so fun to be listening to a hip hop song and then hearing a sample that you know where the origin of that sample is. Oh, okay. Or yeah. vice versa, where, yeah, you you don't know 
and then it takes then you realize that it is something that you like king crimson i was i i had heard it a riff in a king crimson from a king crimson song in a hip-hop beat before i heard that king crimson album okay so I, then i was re-list then i was going and listening to the king crimson and i get to the origin so i i discovered the origin post like through the music you found yeah. the origin and i was like oh my god dude that was that was on this one song that i didn't even realize that it was a crimson riff until i actually listened to that out that album for the first time and thanks to odious for introducing me to king crimson it, when you were talking about being old guys into just getting into like Prague, i totally was like joel and i are just gonna retire and listen to crimson and rush and fucking just just hang everything else up dude we found out recently through our group chat that king crimson also by the way i need to check this out so the main course of artwork is people of the lie i could hear that i need to yeah i need to roll back and listen to that yeah that sounds great damn why is my brain not putting that together right now but they just released a new uh they did a uh, same thing rush did actually by the way we're talking about rush Mm -hmm. um it's the smell (laughs) well what's that from again it's the smell that's matrix yeah dude (laughs) 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 but uh the only reason why i know that is because the first video i've ever watched on youtube was called the fart matrix and it was yes classic dude yeah andrew andrew packer like he'll he'll be on next week actually by the way Um, Andrew, uh like was like we we had youtube and we're like what do we what do we search for and he just goes farts (laughs) that was the first thing he searched for and it was the fart matrix and it's still on there it's like a bunch of matrix scenes that are fighting and farts are happening yeah and like great, they great fart video. and like it's the smell that's that's like like like, like like the old school like <laughs> era the same era like the internet with like the gi joes oh dude the gi joe shit's so good that was that was that was pre youtube right was yeah that's that probably like e-bombs it was probably before yeah that, yeah yeah know? it was that kind of bullshit God, that shit was i would show that to everyone i know i know you're just like out. you're desperate and you're showing people like this is the coolest shit that you're hipping them to and they're looking at you like you're so crazy and they don't want to be your friend that much anymore but you're like hey kid i'm a computer and it's like dude that shit was so funny at the time dude, i mean the Native it still American is guy, like rolling the kid just going like he's all he's all this and start rolling the kid. It was all of the overdubs were so fucked dude when they're on the raft and the guy comes out and he has a helmet on <laughs> you still can't hear him no matter what it's all it's all just chaos it's funny dude. because he it's, it's a comedian that did that and i was listening to a podcast about three or four years ago and he's like oh we did these gi joe things when we were younger and they like exploded and i'm like shut the fuck up dude i was all it's about crazy that. yeah yeah <laughs> so just look up gi joe overdub on youtube and hopefully you laugh i would actually like amongst the first viral videos yeah i would i would like literally like find friends through that i would like show that to them and like yeah there i mean there was like a there was a whole scene uh before youtube of trading you know vhs kind of like tape trading for metal where uh you know that's how south park blew up that's how uh there was that one of uh that kept rolling around that was elvis just wasted on stage (laughs) Have have you ever seen that one where he's just all like, he's just all like, I uh, wonder if uh, you get lonesome in that. And he's all, 
plus tax signs off yeah it's like dude it's i was like watching it but it was a vhs so i there's no like i knew there was no graphics that can be involved with this this is literally elvis yeah yeah like this is literally elvis losing his fucking mind on stage and then it's funny because he goes through the whole it's like a whole song where he does it's supposed to talk a bunch and like be cute in the beginning and then he goes into the song and then he just like blubbers over all of it and just goes like then oh, you came back too and you're a fool <laughs> and then and then all of a sudden and then it goes into the song and he just nails it <laughs> like, yeah he just, damn it's like fuck, did you dude, see that aaron did you see that video of aaron lewis from stained he did it's been a while twice in one set because he was too fucked up <laughs> He literally like, played the song, and then later on in the set, he played it again. Oh, that's what Limp Bizkit, I actually just mi- I missed this. I was trying to get into the Aftershock Festival. You know, long story short, I bought the tickets for the wrong day, so I was there. And uh, me and my fiance had to go back, and we were trying to find it. was the Tool day, and we are like, all right, let's go see Tool. We're, you know, our friends are all going. Let's go. And um, fucked up. Had to go all the way back to the fucking hotel. But um, that was the show where fucking Fred Durst came out as the new metal cowboy and came out yeah. as like a, a, as a cowboy going, what's up, yeah. y'all? Like, <laughs> and just like, and I was like, fuck, of course that's the show. Like, he was, and they played, he's, uh, Carrie and uh, Trevor told me they played uh, Break Stuff to open and then they closed with it. <laughs> Oh, shit. Shit. They the same song to close. Damn, dude. I'm like, that's We're all shh. We got one more. <laughs> that's that's some balls in a funny way. That's a funny, that's a funny thing for a new metal band to like to do. Like, it's like, dude, we're known for like a few songs, like you know, globally. Let's just open with the biggest one and then close with the biggest one and like see what happens. Yeah. They should have closed with the Method Man one, dude. Come on. Oh yeah. Oh hell yeah. Uh. What was uh fuck? I remember that. Song. I can't remember the name. Uh, now, and, and together now. And together, together now. now. <laughs> what up? No, yeah, that yeah. actually is a really good song. That's <laughs> sick, dude. That would have been fun, yeah, yeah. dude. That's yeah, great. That was that was. Did you ever get in? You know, we've kind of skipped over. We now everyone's gone that hates new metal and never went through it. Um, <laughs> did you ever go through that phase at all? I mean, at your yeah, age, dude. Uh, of, it was funny. Script. I guess for some of like the popularized bands at the time, like I didn't get into them, and, like it never did. From like I guess like Five Finger or like Disturbed, kind of or like uh, Lamb of God, even or kind of, right. No, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so like Corn, Corn, and like that kind of stuff that's coming out. Yeah. That was like the heaviest stuff, and it was commercial. So we're like obviously as kid, like we're seeing it, like if anything. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so that was definitely kind of like a hook of like oh like what's music what's or heavy or like heavy music or whatever. Yeah. yeah, I think earlier ones is probably more like Corn and Limbiscuit, like too honestly. Uh, yeah. Like Lincoln Park, that was a big band too. Like, like that was like yeah. fun or like that was like oh wow dude and like uh for like newer like younger stuff of like that variety yeah that was kind of I guess heavier or like like leaning towards metal. How, how but, old like, were you when, you when you ran into that stuff? So that was probably like 12, 13. So yeah, so that's okay. like 2000, 2001, too. Like that kind of era kind of thing. 12, 13. I was that like, music naturally finds you at that age. Dude. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You wanted to be an adult and like look out and branch out, you know, like I said. But but then at the same time, like that's not like my parents, you know, like your parents don't know about that or like mine didn't, right? So it's your own yeah. thing or it's like a, its own thing. So it's not like a hand-me-down. John, you didn't know about it. <laughs> no dude that's the worst thing he's a total like a music lover dude like he'd have the subscriptions or like the back when the cd things would like send you like like the auto mailers oh he would always open them and burn them 
and then send them back, dude. So it's always just like the classic, just like bullshit. Like, oh, you're gonna keep sending them. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna keep making copies of them, dude. Like, all right, you know. Whatever. I want to know the percentage of people that got those Columbia House like eight CDs That's, for free. It, it was like the same thing almost, yeah. dude. Because I got eight CDs for free, and I was a child. Oh, sick drummer, like... dude. Mudvayne and Taproot. Oh yeah, oh, my dad yeah, loved that yeah, shit too. Yeah. Those are in there, dude. Oh yeah, oh for yeah. Sure. Saliva, dude. There's a funny so, one too, dude. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like more like the rock metal or like the fox rock up here, like the is station that, called is the that Fox. Click, click, boom. Click, click, boom. No, that's like Clutch or whatever, but they're they're having to go of it right that, now too. No, I don't know about is clutch. It POD? No, it's not Clutch. That's um, it's a uh, it's a different one. Uh, I can't. Think I think it's now. Saliva. Click, click, might boom. be too. I, I know you could click, be right. Click, boom. You could be right. A POD. There you go. That, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're rocking out. They're rocking Fucking, out. The time. Uh, Danny's old drummer from Suicide Silence is in POD now. Oh, okay. He's the okay. drummer. Of, uh... I think, I think really like our first noticeable show thing too is like in 2009, we got to open a for Napalm Death in like San Francisco. So it's like a pay to play yeah. deal, but like we like bought and then like sold all our tickets at like a house party and then like a DNA lounge show that Exodus played. So we're like we made all my money back. Cool. I'm not out a thousand bucks, you know? Yeah. Uh, so is that much so a pay to play a gig? So to give that one was that was with Golden Voice, dude. It was one other local from San Francisco and that opened and then we played and then the touring package played. That was like Trap Them and like some other band and then um Napalm Death. Um and that yeah. was a trip, dude, being at like the Regency and having to be there hella early and where they're like yeah. three or four, like getting to load in with our shit stuff by comparison, right? And uh, we go into like where there's normally all the merch and the band set up, and it's just Barney on like one plastic table is just eating sandwiches. You know, there's just like three little things You're out. Like, he's he's a just, human. He's sandwiches. having some catering. Yeah, like we're like, we're total like twenty or like twenty one year old fucking yeah, hyper yeah. dorks. Yeah, you know, it's so just annoying. Totally. Probably it's just like bum rush and like oh dude like you're barney green like you know like this is so cool but he was so like humble and like kind and like easy That's going awesome. about it and he was just like hello you know the super sick <laughs> accent yeah and yeah, like we're yeah. totally like taken from it because it's so cool for uh you know especially like totally. oh man he's an accent like it's so fun and like and obviously to get to see him like at the end of the night like there was just like feral dude like so intense too and like for like being like you know older band or whatever too it's just like they brought a dude and had all that stage and like they needed to do there he's running around and like mitch was still like they, they were cutting up hard dude that's awesome it's intense kind of, dude kind of like the uh the mick jagger of death metal kind of just still they're going, sick dude running. there's something about like that they're, they're like tinge of the uk death grind and like they're mixing yeah. mash and stuff it's just it's it's great you know, like you know and, like they have such a deep catalog and people you know they forget about them like they're they they, they fucking rip man i think uh what is that? Um, Harmony Corruption. That was a big one. Oh, uh, yeah. On top of, you know, I mean, Fear, Images, Despair. Like, they have so many just to pull from, but they're like, like they're a great outfit. It's not in so long. Yeah. Napalm Death was always like kind of like a underlier for me that I kind of waited until I was like in touring death metal bands to actually mm -hmm. give a valid shot. And yeah, they're like super hard working and grinding, man. You think like yeah. them and CC like never really stopped and other kind of stuff. Totally. It's like crazy, dude. They're, 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 they're super, still going. They're still, they're still tough. booked on. Um, actually, I was watching. I'm, also, I want to get into uh, Lamb of God. Lamb of God is a band that they're a hardworking band and all the things. Oh, totally, stuff. totally. I've never got into them. I cannot get into them. That's for me, like one of that new wave of American like metal, it's called or whatever kind of coined at that like era. Post Pantera. Yeah, like for some of that stuff, I just kind of hit and miss and couldn't really get into it. And then I, I like at the same level of fairness, we were so 
kind of then just getting into like old stuff that was heavy or whatever that it wasn't like i mean you know we're listening to rain of blood and kill them all it's like i don't have time to listen to like yeah modern band that's not the same you know it's like it's not fair by any means but it was just like just never really stuck oh, they're talented with some of, fuck they're, ta- with they're some talented. of that stuff oh no oh yeah i mean obviously like yeah. all these bands are making a living in like crush and like there's there's yeah. evidence of that it was just as a kid or just coming up it just like that like stuff wasn't didn't resonate or did, didn't quite hit or we were so you know pigeonholed into certain stuff that we just didn't I'm, have I'm the ears for i'm super open-minded it. nowadays too though and I'm, I'm like trying to be like okay i miss lamb of god oh there's so many bands yeah there's so much yeah, to yeah. listen to too okay. and I'll be, like, I'll be like i'm gonna give them a valid shot and just like listen to it again i'm like okay i, I get the allure but no, yeah, I yeah. I've like worked with some of, of like school of rock kids who are super talented and like rock the metal stuff, and like they've covered some Lamb of God stuff. So yeah, like they've, I mean, they're, yeah. they're fucking jamming out. You know what I mean? It's just so funny of just like you know, like I've talked about this like with other people like in my band, just when and where you hear stuff or are exposed to certain stuff, or whatever. It's like that's you know part of your like attachment or how you're hearing these things and how they're delivered too, right? So everybody has yeah. that soft spot for when and where that they heard a certain thing exactly you know? it's the nostalgia you know? of when it came out yeah even though so and so it's like that's not as heavy as that you know it's obviously like you can't be a subjective about those kind of things but, but the uh, lamb of god uh videos of when they were when uh oh, randy was okay. a little drunk and uh <laughs> his own band Gnarly, had dude. Him, he had to knock him out and stuff to like <laughs> comment. and i was like whoa this is actually like like it's it's one of those bands that's like fuck these guys are like gnarly metal band you know they're like beating up their singer and shit like (laughs) calm him down because he's too hammered and he's like knocked out on the pavement and they're like all right put him on the bus and dude you gotta you gotta throw some og points too here back to john dude a tiny planet in an obscure part of a far-off universe he's all quoting the deeds of flesh bit from inbreeding dude the sample Uh, yeah yeah. hell yeah love that shit dude that's when we blast in the garage hella times dude just Hulkamania, brother. Get get the reps in. Get the reps in. Your dad is quoting yeah. deeds of flesh right now. That's insane. Saying your prayers, taking the vitamins, dude. Washing the weed plants, getting the reps in. You gotta you gotta have it balanced out, brother. This is probably one of the first times we've had a guest on that you know. Obviously, with the dad in there is fucking red. Fuck yeah, dude, my dad's born in '60, dude. So yeah, That's crazy. 60, like going from all the music that he's gone through, and then and then getting and then being down with death metal is is very rare to me. I don't really see that very often. That's I think it's a uh, just. A testament to people being open to stuff and like ears, but yeah. then obviously I think too, just like you know, like like father son bonding and just like wasn't I was so into it, he was you know so, totally willing to shred. like. He's seeing you shred. Totally willing to try it out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean. He's seeing so. you like really being successful on guitar, and he's like, okay, well I'm open to the music that you're listening to because you're fucking killing it. So it's like, mm-hmm. uh, I actually kind of like as a dad, you'd probably like be like, fuck yeah, I'll check out the shit that you're listening to because you're fucking, you're doing great at your instrument yeah as like i said it's like all of us really it's like total like a support from like our parents in terms of like place to do this and like what we're listening to or whatever you know what i mean so it's like that was always just like super super nice i mean what's we're teenagers like we're having to like you know uh you know pay or buy for instruments or like navigate all the you know gas like, do you think you would do you think you'd be where you are stuff. if your dad was like fuck fuck metal um that's like super interesting because he like was listening to a lot of like hard rock or heavier stuff that i'd heard you know what i mean so it's it's mm-hmm. like super hard hard to say I guess one way is you think if somebody's oppressive or says no to that, then that might drive you into like even more. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, I don't know. I guess like it probably just just would have found me in a different way, or like a little bit later, or like you know, it's just hard to tell. Like with without the backing, like that's different because like, but folks definitely helped me, you know, like buy a few instruments or you know, like help yeah, yeah. me out getting okay. getting like more professional stuff or you know, like like you know, all those kind of things. So. Um, so yeah, probably just would have taken longer, like or like a, a different things, you know. If it's something that we still wanted to do, we still would have got it done. But it's just, 
different path. Same. You know? John. Yeah. John's like one step away from being Wolfgang from Defeated Sanity. He's oh, like, dude, he's like he's like the Bon Scott version, though, dude. He's like the vocal dude. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's got he's got That's the more uh, the prowess cool. for that, dude. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's super yep. fun, man. Oh, yeah. that's too, it's like that's like with the cynic stuff or like on that front it's like he totally clicked all that it's like he didn't have to like get an invitation for any of that you know because he's coming up with you know pink floyd and peter gabriel and okay. genesis and rummy it's like he he likes everything you know yeah, what yeah. i mean so if the anything it's like involved, he's down yeah totally so if anything i feel like as long as there's like feeling in it and there's like a, like you said like there's like an intention to it you know so like that's just like the fun part of getting to share music like with people you know what i mean because like i rad. said like yeah, like, like we play stuff and exercise or hang out like in the garage and the same like when my other guitar player, Josh, like he lived with me like for a while too and we do the same. We get to share music or just kind of like play stuff or, like what are you really into right now? Or like or what about this or blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? That's, and then, um, and then it, 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 it would always be funny because like my dad would always have these like uh, uh, suggestions for like tunes or different things about like what about this Nazareth tune, dude? Or like what about Sales of Sharon from Scorpions? You know what I mean? Or just like cool oh, things yeah. that he would hear or little things like you saying about these Easter eggs. He would just hear stuff or just like oh I hear this and this or different stuff. So it's always a trip hearing hearing stuff from folks. So you your know? dad's your bro too. Your dad is totally your dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. were really able to hang out when um he, when uh, he was growing for a while at home and then just um kind of just getting to click over some bonding over that and just getting to like work out and find some kind of like activities that were like really mutual, you know? So I just had this conversation. I had this conversation with my uh, coworker recently. He asked me when I work out, do I like to smoke weed before I work out? Were you guys puffing before you get your reps in? Yeah. And you know what, for like a personal admission, dude, I didn't smoke weed till I was 20. So um, I wasn't like in high school, just being like behind the bleachers or whatever. I was like total, like, like you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, yeah didn't touch or anyone i like, didn't like do anything like that like which is fine you know what i mean like, it's probably it's like, actually like, better dude for the better yeah man i had a hard time passing high school anyway um you know what <laughs> I mean? so it's just you know but um i definitely feel like for me like with any of those kind of things you know like with substances just like with weed like what that lends itself to playing music or listening or just any kind of like art or medium i feel like those are so fun to kind of do that to be able to kind of enhance or kind of get a different uh, take or have some kind of you know um, fun with that so yeah like and then we're exercise very much the same of just the same thing where it's like muscle memory or it's like biofeedback when you're doing for me it's like like music stuff that's very much just the training or what you're doing mm-hmm. the same way you're exercising and the same like because you're singing a voice and doing like an exercise with that the same way like you're doing a thing so that was very much like i mean stuff's less sore you're able to kind of concentrate on what you're doing or just like the breathing or like the rep or like the muscle movement for me just versus just like, this is heavy or like I'm tired or like, you know, like we could just be listening. It's just, it was fun to kind of sneak it in really even too, because you forget that you're doing stuff. You're just blasting out to like Dean's right. defeated. Like I just did 40 like dips or whatever. Cool. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like you can do lots of stuff if you're not like on a couch the whole time, you know? So mm-hmm. you don't have cool... to, you don't have to do nothing the whole time. You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it is possible to like be active and, and do that's stuff a cool too. mix of, of of you know like having that bond with your father um you know like obviously music gives you motivation workouts give you endorphins uh, you got dopamine endorphins and that's like that's like fuck people should you're copy that enhancing kind of... yourselves you're bettering yourselves together well, it's, it's, like, like... it's like it's like what uh what bra- what uh chemicals do brains like as humans endorphins and dopamine let's, let's oxytocin do those together oxytocin love of a father and a son yeah yeah right, yeah right. you have all the things 
like those are like all the chemicals for like a, a fun time is like i feel like an interesting observation about what you had said earlier about like the frisian concept about like the goosebumps and the really kind of being able to experience it mm-hmm. um yeah and i feel like definitely maybe not specific to just a death metal but i feel like people in general or anybody who takes time that they carve out of like our kind of go 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 to like actually sit with art like whatever it is or any kind of a thing i think people who do carve that time out then you are able to like experience it for what it's supposed to be or be able to kind of take in any and all um, qualities to it versus just the singular kind of output or like the listener that we have now or like you know like like you're saying people are marketed or shopped or people are organized like just for singles like people don't listen to records mm-hmm. anymore or blah blah, mm-hmm. blah any of like the hyper marketing or the algorithmic like a, a, a kind of like stuff i feel like yeah, yeah, sure. being present enough to like take the time and invest that into it, it's like well that's what you get out of it is you get this feeling or this catharsis or this imagery or this story or whatever just like reading a book or doing whatever but it's like it's about you have to do your part too of like putting that into it not like oh you know like i'm probably not gonna get as much out of it if i have that on and i'm trying to listen to it but i also have like a show on and i'm like looking at my phone you know what i mean it's like you know what you're doing you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. it's just like it's yeah. just one of those things like so i feel like like that's the cool part too of just like uh appreciating art and you know trying to you know it takes a little more effort or like, it might feel that way but just like what you get out of that investment in it is, you know, like a tenfold. And it always is for me. I feel like it's the same way anytime, you know, I do any kind of level like practice with intention or some kind of goal, any little time spent, there's always some, some kind of like a thing that's like such a huge thing. Or I like, I noticed like an improvement or like, I can feel it like immediately. And like, what was the, what, like what's the input to output? You know, it's always yeah. so much better, but all it takes is just, you got just little, little bit of effort too. I think it, my know? favorite part about like playing, guitar and like getting older and stuff and getting older <laughs> but uh you know I, I play probably like a few times a week but sometimes I'll, I'll put it down for two weeks and i'll pick it up and i'll start playing and all of a sudden it's smooth what i was working on and i was like ooh, <laughs> like i'll just be like ooh, this that's such a good feeling of like because in your brain you're gonna like fuck i have to work on all this shit again my brain's not going to like adapt to it because I had to work on it so hard last time and I was having trouble with it. My brain was like doing it so much and getting into a rut. But then like you pick it up and it's just like a smooth thing again. You're like, or not again, but for the first time, it's like, oh, fuck, I got it. You know, it's like when you make that, when you when you go over that mountain, you get stuck on the mountain, you put the guitar down, you take a week off and then you're like, fuck, I guess I'll start over again. And you pick it up and then you just conquer the mountain right for me it's like one of my favorite things about playing guitar like nowadays i'm just going like fuck i thought i was like stuck to a point where i was fucked i can't mm-hmm. i can't get past this you know and then you pick it up and it's like oh shit it worked it worked <laughs> right like me doing that a million times worked and obviously if you do a thing do a thing a million times playing music you'll be in a rut and it gets shittier 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 until you put it down diminishing like returns. Yeah. Like, yeah yeah exactly and then the picking it back up again that you know that's what i'm noticing that about this it used to be like you know practice 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 and then i would get it but it'd be like practice and then start like devolving my practice would devolve and i'd be like i can't even hit the simplest shit i get all pissed off put down the guitar be all like angry about it then pick it up a week later and just nail it you know, I feel like, like that's like such of like the psychological aspect of it too, and like those different things, and like the confidence yeah, yeah. part, and like all of that, right? Of the like, oh, if I don't like practice or for this, it's like you need to put it in your head. It's just like then I'm I'm not gonna be ready for the show, or like that part's yeah, gonna yeah. be hard or whatever. And then like that's how like you're seeing it or whatever. You know what I mean? So it is 
interesting. Just <laughs> yeah, just like with the amount of experience or whatever that like we have, that it is so much more of just a mental thing, and you're just like having to visualize or see. Like, like that's why like we hear right. You have to see yourself or like picture that like you're playing it or like you're doing it that way, and then like you know more or less it's like like we're able to do it right. Yeah, like we're able yeah. to pull it off, and like that's what in, in my coaching or just really it's fun. It's funny, right? In my work of like with students at school rocker coaching, it's more of like you know, like, like you're teaching people, but you're really like, you're like teaching yourself or like thinking about stuff all the time. Right. So I feel like that is such like the, the quintessential thing about performing music, especially if it's like original music, right. Cause nobody else knows how it goes. Or it's like your thing that you're kind of, uh, you're manifesting like in real time. And the same thing, like when Anthony asked about like the jazz and the improv stuff, it's like, it can only fail if like, you don't like have confidence in the idea or like see it through, you know? Yeah. So that's, that's like, that's like that, that only margin for, it not working out is just like if if you just you know you got to be in it the whole time or whatever you know and like and like and like that's hard you know because like there's definitely times rehearsing for the show or like for like for my band whatever i have to like you know these rehearsals I remind myself oh like this is like show mindset or whatever so i really try to stay yeah no like like we're not in the garage like we're not like in my friend's room no like 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 this is it you know so like this is the output and like all these things we're trying to do it right just to rehearse so then when you're at the show you can do that right because it is kind of like that challenge of trying to like you know trust that and then trust your like like your confidence and your ability and just be able to kind of like you know you step back and like you have and then you can have fun or you know or you like you don't have to sweat it like as much and then and then you just play you know and it's oh okay cool yeah i'm finding i'm finding out my old age and this is the alcohol speaking that i'm actually noticing things i'm doing and people are like oh yeah it's like because your confidence is low and i'm like i think you're actually like when you said that i was like fuck like I have this Somebody issue where a confidence button, dude. Well, I, yeah, when uh, like I can play in front of ten thousand people with all my friends, easy, not a problem. But if my best friend sits across from me, I get nervous and can't play correctly. Well, like, oh, yeah, I, I get like super weird and like things I've been nailing the whole week, like with me and Carrie and stuff. Like he's my absolute best friend. We were little kids playing guitar together, and there's there's things that like I'll try to show him, and I just can't play it in front of him. I'm like, what the fuck is going? And it makes me like trip out. I'm like, I overthink. I'm an overthinker, like to the max, you know. So I'm like, okay, I'm just you've nailed it. So my brain's going through like it's a polyrhythm. My brain's going through a polyrhythm. So I'm I'm thinking about three different things while trying to play the guitar. So it's like, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. So it's something I've been uh, noticing lately. I mean, I've noticed it my whole life. Of if we're all jamming as a group, I can nail it. Mm-hmm. If focus is not on me. I will be fine. Everything's great. But when focus goes on me, I'm like, oh shit, it's on you now. This is your, like anytime there'll be a, a, a spot in decrepit or odious for it, just be like, it's just you playing, you know, or me doing a part. I would be thinking about that part, like four riffs in advance, just going like, fuck, this is my part. This is, it's coming. It's like, all right, three riffs. All right, two riffs. And, and I'm like, I have this like timeline in my head. That's like, cause I think it's the way that I watch other bands and I put the same uh, level of integrity and in how I watch them and what I think I should put out. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of what. And uh, yeah. But if you guys want to uh, go fund me for therapy, mm-hmm. I would. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel that, especially like with metal and like and stuff too, whatever. Like there's such like that precision element to it too. And then just yeah. like coming up doing it too. And like the tech or the desk stuff, like there is like that kind of like 
uh, I guess like mastery, like of your instrument or just like, like you're like, you have like the facility on it. So it's like, yeah, dude, like, like, like yeah. crush the riffs, you know what I mean? Totally. So yeah. So like, like that's always in there too. But I just think too, like, uh, like for live bands and live acts too, it's just like, I would rather take more grease and mistakes and like intensity and like that, like whatever, than like hyper polish. And it's like a, a bunch of tin mans. Like yeah, yeah. like a live show, you know what I mean? Totally. So totally. there's that part of it too, and even like with recordings, right? Like what what's coming across or whatever too. So like that's just like a stylistic thing, but definitely practicing or being able to pull it off live for me is like such a cool and kind of like an intense thing too, where it's just like um, it just takes all that too, and like just what you described in that whole process. I've noticed that the whole time too, and I think when that, when our band like before like Burning Palace had gotten back because we played a long time, like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. to like 24 like active like really active like you know not yeah. like torrent like like you know sign actor but it's like constant and just always playing and so when we kind of had taken a hiatus from playing live before um so coming back to it it was like pretty like nerve-wracking and kind of just like oh oh okay yeah like like i kind of like remember like what this is like you know so definitely had to kind of like negotiate all that but i think we have it down pretty good now just like you know have like we're rehearsing for stuff and just um feeling good about it and then just I feel like too, it's just, uh, just noticing and like what, what's, what's making those takes or like being present or not. It's just, it's just really funny. It's just like what I've told students too, and just having to tell myself on like show days or different things. It's just, um, it's like, I, I can't be examining or be criticizing what I'm doing as I'm doing it. Or like, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause then you're splitting yourself hard, because, then, yeah, because yeah. then you're not playing the song though. Cause you're exactly. listening too much, you know? Exactly. So it's, it's such a fine line of like what you described, which is real of like, Oh, like, like we are playing and I am making sure that my amps on and I can hear it and the sounds right. So you are still doing that, but then it's like, no, nah, no, nah, you're more focused. At least for me, I'm like, you're hearing the song, you're doing God the thing. This fool's life's dead. <laughs> it's like yeah, but no, but it is that like constant battle yeah. of just like of just like staying in it, and then for me too, of just not getting turned off. Like, oh, you hear a thing, and like, oh, like that part kind of got flubbed or that thing got missed, and it's like, don't fixate on the entrance getting mixed and let it ruin the song. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I can totally do that. Of like, oh fuck, like that little oh, part got that. mixed. Constantly. I'm kind of like hyper annoyed. But it's like, no, man, like there's a whole set and a song right now. You know what I mean? Like, I think my, de like... my, de my defense <laughs> my defense to that, I think actually, and Anthony can attest to it, and every person that's been in the band with me can attest to it. Whenever someone fucks up, I think it's I think it's funny. I laugh. <laughs> I think it's like, because I know we can nail it. I know. Oh, it's I, all right, I, it's all right. You know, and so like when someone fucks something up, I, I always go to comedy. I'm like, you know, like, ah, ha, ha. it's like funny to me. And, and really what it is is that's like a calming thing for me it's like mm -hmm. all right well i know you can nail it and you fucked it up thank god because i know that i now have my chance to make a mistake too and it's fine you know what i mean and uh yeah and i think that's like the thing from playing like like with your brothers or like your homies or whatever it's just like you know not having to be said but people you know have that uh leeway or that like grace like with each other or whatever yeah yeah of going over parts or learning or whatever but yeah man like definitely like people get frustrated at times or just if it's like for like a show or like a rehearsal whatever it's like yeah like like we're trying to like nail it right we're trying to do all of it right or whatever yeah. so you know trying to manage like those expectations like when things happen but um definitely yeah like nobody wants to mess up right i mean nobody wants to be like oh cool like i totally flubbed the hit or the cutout or like i missed the whatever so you know you made a really good point though like when when you're like coaching people that are in the middle of the riff or in the middle of the, the part of the song and they're thinking about every little thing or one note was kind of missed like what besides like don't don't trip on that 
Is there anything yeah. that you give them? That's the only that? thing that I've just been working really hard, like just for myself, just personally, to just like enjoy it more. Because it'd be like, yeah. dude, it's like, like I said, like like we're playing like, music or like, we're having fun. It's it. like it's yeah, still yeah. fun overall, right? So yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. so like that's what you said. It is like because I'm the same way. It's like it's super tough of like the like the analytical part or just wine like like a, like a quality control or, or just whatever you know what i mean you yeah, just yeah. want certain things or expectation or wine or whatever but then it's like well that can't overtake the enjoyment of the experience and then it's like yeah. like i said it's like they can't let that throw off you know okay but like you know if that's like such a small thing that like you know audience no one like can tell. the, no the one totality can tell. of the takeaway it's like you're going yeah. against your own thing of like the intensity of the shows there people are going to forgive a flub thing or whatever you know yeah I mean? yeah so. or they're not really going to notice and unless no ex exactly yeah exactly yeah, yeah. they don't even hear it you know like you we're the ones that around, notice like, their mistakes way more yeah than anybody else. and then i just remember that i watched that the, the those videos of mike gilbert playing bl playing blindfolded and you're just like come on man like, <laughs> He's you're like favorite Death Metal guitar player. I, I tell him whatever, <laughs> whatever multiverse timeline that like, we're in, he somehow made it here too. And yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. how many people know that or realize it, but he's here floating but around. He is, but the thing is about him though is he is at that level. He is how I am at my level. Like he is. Yeah, yeah. He he. he I know, right? After a show, he'll he'll be uh, so you, pissed. You be like, he'll yeah. be like, and I'll watch him play, and I'm oh, like, sure. you nailed every fucking note. I've never seen. Of every seven dudes you, when they yeah. fucking toured, it came out for like 2012, like Las Vegas Death Fest too. But I got you guys played up in Santa Rosa, like where I live too. So we saw oh, you yeah. there and at LVDF, and like with Oleg, like shredding out, you know, on like yeah, the yeah, guitar Oleg. too. Yeah. And just watching like Mike play though too, because like we we'd only ever seen like old footage from you guys like like jamming like like the pound or whatever. Yeah. And then just like some stuff, and it was just like, uh, but just to see like those songs and like updated like roster or whatever, it was just like. Stupid heavy and hearing like yeah. question and everything, and just yeah, like, yeah. oh, and it's just like, like I said, it's like obviously, like, like there's not nearly like enough people there to like appreciate like the 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 music or like what people are doing. Yeah. And just Mike's hitting all those fills, all those parts, like with the, it has all of the effects. It sounds hella good. It's like this is stupid live, dude. You know, what yeah, I mean? like, yeah, it was like yeah. the necrophage shit. It was like this is like pressing play on something, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. And it's then almost just, like gnarlier you know, than necrophages. Like oh no no no. It, yeah. It is because it's less melodic and all that kind of stuff, like for sure. Yeah. And just like some of like the frenzy parts and the hits, it was like fuck, yeah, dude. Like that's just as tough as any of it, man. Because like, of Troy in there, and, and like and like Murdog was in there too. It was like, dude, it's gnarly, dude, for sure. Yeah. Just know. how fucking hard and uh, rewards of cruelty, dude. Has like my favorite like a dive bar. Just sounds like somebody getting murdered. Like it's my favorite like recording of a dive. Like and that ever, song probably. is about somebody being murdered. Too, I know, but yeah. just at the very end, dude. Just that. It's just like, damn, dude. Like, I can't think of yeah. one that I like better that sounds that evil, dude. It's just like, it's gnarly, I think that's why, dude. like, I think, uh, like Gilbert has that in him where he's constantly just like, fuck. He's like, just so, like, almost it. of like calm and like composed and like very kind of like robotic almost, you know, at least obviously just me like observing him or just whatever, you know what I mean? And he talked yeah. to him, it's fine. But just watching him play and stuff like that, I was like, just like the precision and the discipline and stuff on everything or whatever, it's just like... insane. Gilbert, he, he's in that new Netflix one killer, dude. Like, that's... Just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. just like, he's got them all lined that's up. Why I, keep, I always try to... Whenever he comes on, I'm just like, my favorite guitar player? My favorite uh, death metal guitar player? Hey, he's here. My favorite... And, and that's he, like, he hates it. And same with Casey. <laughs> Casey's like one of my favorite death metal drummers of all time. And... He's, you know, he's been bands with me and stuff. But if you like, if you call him out and just be like, dude, you're honestly one of my favorites. I was trying not to like <laughs> chop him up too hard. Cause it's like, dude, it's like, I remember Casey with shoulder length hair yeah, yeah, playing yeah. like 
in DB, and he'd look gassed, dude, like, doing these fucking parts, and he'd always make them out, but it was such a raw element to it. It was so fun to watch yeah, you guys yeah, play, because yeah. it was like, fuck, dude, he's doing all these jazz breaks and all this shit, and he's just back into yeah. and it's just like, fuck, dude, so cool. Know. So yeah. cool to watch, dude. It's like, uh, if, he, if that guy had an ego, he would be the new drummer of Slipknot, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if, if he had, like, an ego, that's one thing about him, though. He's like, he would be making tons of money. And one thing about him is he's like, his number one thing is he doesn't want to get, he doesn't like compliments. He doesn't like to, he thinks he needs work. It's the same thing with Mike Gilbert. Like, I'm, they think that they, you know, and they like, think they and suck. Like, and I'm like, that's what I want. That's why I strive to be like you. I don't know. Like, that's the same know. for all those people who are that way across anything. Though, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because they're always they're just so good. Like pushing, dude. It's like the Michael Brecker or John Coltrane or all exactly. these people. Like They're always just like, no, nah, man, because I was hearing this, but I got here. But I, I'll get there maybe. You know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. People that are like, dude, I'm sick as fuck. It's like, I'm never going to listen to your stuff. Like, why? <laughs> you know, it's like if you're, you're comfortable, like, why would you're not going to make anything good? You know, it's but like, it would be hella sick yourself. too watching them play and like, and like Mike too, especially just come back with him just like being hella into it too when he play live oh, he'd be like oh yeah. dude everybody <laughs> better be careful so dude he's, he's adding know. that he's adding that that extra grit on those wrists dude speaking God. of those two dudes i'd love the place to, is gonna i'd come love down. to hear what Gil- mike gilbert and casey howard casey just, come up with yeah together. we should i'm almost down to like just like give them a thousand dollars and be like dude <laughs> write three songs <laughs> I mean, even though Mike Gilbert makes way more money than any of us because he's a veterinarian. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, like, but still, like, I just want to see them in a room and just, like, write, just, you know, have they someone, like, capture it. For sure. Yeah, have someone capture it. Because I remember, like, uh, Diego Casey Jam. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Diego Casey. I remember uh, fucking Matt Satella. And we were in the Netherlands. Oh, Matt dude, Satella you remember? Flow. Flow from uh, Cryptopsy and Matt. Oh, that probably We were at a sick. little part. We were, like, at a party out there. And they, we were just like, this is the sickest. Like, why the fuck is this not being recorded? You know, yeah. like we were like, Damn. we were just like, everyone was going like, fucking, like all the, like all the behemoth crew and all the people that are just going like, fuck, this is so good. Like, and they were just jam freestyling, and they were just on, they just connected, you know. Yeah. And yeah. it just sounded like they were playing full songs for like so sick minutes. Yeah. When they're reading like, each other out, dude. Yeah. Yeah. So and fun. I was like, oh my. and Flo was like throwing him stuff and Matt was reading it and Matt was throwing him stuff and Flo was reading it. And I was like, this is ridiculous. This is like yeah. you know, th- these two guys can just flow. No, you know, his name's Flo, but um literally like they were just flowing off each other. Like Matt to tell Flo. <laughs> oh, I got him, dude. Funny story about that, dude. With that whole connection to the scene, because we were so like into you guys. I remember on fucking old socials, dude. On MySpace, oh, shit. MySpace bullies, dude. Like like the bulletins, dude. Matt posted on there. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm selling my old Vader cab, dude. Two fifty cash." And I was on there, and it was like a Friday. I didn't work, and I was like, "Dude, I'll buy it." And he's like, "All right." And he gave me his address. I'll him my buddy Josh. Like, dude, you want to go with me? All right. So we drive down to fucking Santa Cruz or whatever, you know what I mean? Whereabouts and like show up, dude. And it was like total dorks and all fucking like crab walking deal, you know, like where did you show up? Do you remember do you remember where where it was? Was it like an alleyway? So well? No, no, it was like out in front of like a apartment or house or, or some kind of a thing oh yeah. okay, okay, okay it wasn't like a dark alley no but it was just funny because he just pops out of his kitchen thing or whatever and his like the, you know vader but it's great i like still have that one so it works still use it it's like awesome. the first like pro like cab yeah. i had you know uh That's but yeah sick. it was just sick dude it's like dude tried and true dude hella db riffs went out on this dude oh, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
I know yeah, it's that, like a, a me and Paul. Me and Paul were talking after Paul came uh, from Senate camp was on, and he was like, "Oh, I'm selling the uh, the uh, module I recorded." Uh, uh, not focus. Trace and error, sir. Yeah, trace and error on, and I was like, and I saw it like all late, and I'm like, Paul, I, like texting him, like, let me buy it. Like, I need, I need, I just want like a cool piece of memorabilia. It's kind of like the spawn yeah. possession. There's a there's a uh, Mesa buggy. Oh shit! Like a, a power amp that um, nice. from Studios. And I was like, dude, I, I need this. I need to. And it was just like gone before I can get yeah, to it. And I'm like, course, I just want like one of my favorite albums. I've just loved just to have the piece of equipment that made it. You know, just that's that's art to me. It's like having that yeah. thing. Yeah, dude. You know, it's it's super cool. It's super. Uh, it's so interesting with that 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 part too. Just the the uh, relationship with technology of these bands and some of the yeah. different music and the how that shifted too. Like watching totally. bands do that stuff too. So it's fun. It, like for us, our bass player has a amp modeler and it sounds great i think he has the neural, the neural yeah DSP thing. DSP, yeah um i don't have a modeler yet but um i was gonna our, ask you what you're using but for soon. our guitar stuff live we have a solid state old school amp we have like like one of the old like the ampegs like, yeah, yeah like the, the 140cs yeah just yeah, a classic yeah, nice. oh, yeah. and then um an old school classic uh pv uh 5150 so just oh yeah those are both expensive ones, as fucking amps now <laughs> yeah man they they've really blew up i like yeah. got the evh the 5150 is my first kind of like pro amp in like 2009 when i was like 21 and had like some mm. you know i was like had like steady part-time work and i could like buy like you know like my own amp or whatever you know that was like a nice yeah. one it was like tube amp you know just like way too loud for like my for like my room and my my, my house whatever you know what i mean just like stupid yeah, yeah. Uh, so like that sounds great, and then just obviously like the learning curve of like oh EQing a tube amp and oh it sounds yeah, what it yeah. sounds like when it's turned up and all these things you just don't it's know like power issues and things. Yeah, yeah you yeah. just don't you know oh. and just learning about all that stuff so like that was cool and then like I got the the Ampeg in 2015 and mm -hmm. it wasn't too bad I think it was like 700 bucks or 800 maybe and then I got the next model like with like the Ampeg 150 which was like the same thing almost I got one of those in like 20. 20 i think during during like the pandy and like yeah, yeah. like like sneak that out but those are cool but then like you know inevitably like we've captured them in different things and there's like the snake pedals who's like made like the ampeg circuit or, or you know pedal and like uh head yep. or whatever again because you know like those will crate, fail crate at some point the, the, the 130c 130c kind of thing yeah, yeah. yeah that's right and, that and i had one of those too but then the board fit yeah they just died yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it so like you know you. well yeah well and then just you know like it invariably just like you know you're moving them around and it's like the 5150 i have a hard shell the other one I, I need to get one but it's just like you know move them wherever like i said like something's gonna give it like at some point so it's yeah. just a matter of, of like you know the modelers are the, just updating you know getting like yeah. 6505s and running whatever you know to move modelers, around. i mean i mean matt's actually i was telling matt i was like dude i'm kind of liking it because i have my a, uh, ax8 the fractal ax8 mm -hmm. and yeah. I was like, I'm, I'm loving this thing and he's like ah it's you know he's all it's not gonna match up to a tube amp and i was like i know like i'm it's not gonna have the push but right i like the tones like i like them a lot and so matt when i first moved into this house he uh about two years ago he came in with like three amps to try to like <laughs> He was all fucky with like with like pedals and EQ pedals. He's like, dude, whatever, dude. And then I ended up uh he's like, fuck, that sounds sicker. And then like left all set. They all sound good, man. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. it's kind of I was kind of on that kind of like like uh hill to die on too for a while, but just the more I hear about it and see people across genres use them and stuff, whatever, it's like it's undeniable. Like like they sound well, the one good thing and, that like, needs they get to, it done. You know? I think the main thing that people are missing with it and um and not missing, but it's it's easier to do is to go, you know, direct into the house. And then you right, got right, right. you got your direct into the house, but 
you have no stage sound. So yeah, if you're going up close to a band or you're standing backstage with a band, you're watching a band, you can't hear anything except drums and there's not that stage sound. Because so it's like, just what the house has to push out. Yeah. yeah. If you're yeah. in front of the house speakers, it's mm-hmm. quiet. And then they can hear everything in their ears. But like the, the, the house, if you're in the front, you can't hear shit. You know, if you're in the very front, very yeah. front of the audience, you can't hear anything. You can hear the drums only and then maybe a little guitar. But like it's without monitors or, or stage sound going forward to the people in the front. Well, and like you guys just probably know from your experiences playing live, man, even doing sound checks and trying to do it. Then sometimes yeah. you're there and it's like all they can do. And you're like, this is noise. Yeah, Actual yeah, yeah. showtime's totally different. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Or totally. just when there's people in the room or how it fills out or the sound travels. And it's just like, uh, and even doing the sound checks over, you're just like, we got to just do what we can. And like, you know, yeah, we yeah. know the songs. This is what, this is what we practice. But, uh, but yeah, cause there's some things where you're just like, fuck dude, I can't really hear anything, but I'm going to listen for things. I know we're going to play. I would always tell we're you. We're going to still have guys. a good time. Yeah. yeah. Snare, yeah. snare and kick in, in the monitors. And then. A little bit of guitar and then nothing like like for me just growing up and like playing like other kind of clubs and stuff it was always just it's always just so just you know it's just god damn it like when there's just the pa the house pa just doesn't have enough juice so you can't yeah, yeah. hear like the vocals no matter what style of music it was it was always just like fuck dude yeah, like, yeah. come on man totally. like we can't even do it dude like what are you doing <laughs> yeah those i mean yeah coming up with like ways to adapt before technology has kind of helped us out has been was kind of a tough just like every time getting on stage like all right this is completely different all right well uh you know like especially when doing those summer slaughters and stuff i was like all right well this is like the they would hit like fucking drum hits and it'd be like just echo into the fucking oh, nothingness man. and i'd be like all right well just give me only snare and kick like i need to know yeah. like where those are stopping and starting i need to know the count outs i need to know all that i'm not gonna sound like shit on stage for for like if you're like a fan you know yeah. it's like just just only thing it was like a metronome basically i feel like that's an added challenge that people don't get or don't know about if they don't play two or different things of like that's almost like actors doing green screen it's like the imagination's all on you you know what i mean it's like fuck dude this is hard i have to imagine and hear all this shit and it's supposed to be right i know it's a trip it's such a trip but that's such a like an in time you know like fast muscle like it's it it it's such a go 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 kind of skill set too that's like so unique you know what i mean yeah it's only you're only doing it if you, you practice to. enough to do it. like it's like whatever we can do it like mm-hmm. let's not worry about it we're, we're all a unit let's just do it like if i can hear very minimal of this or too much of this like let's just go we've know? never yeah we've never had the power at the level that we are as performers to ever really manipulate that i'm listening right. to you guys talk and and uh how sound has never even been a priority of mine <laughs> it was always just could we hear each other yeah you know that was the main thing that i'm always paying attention to i'm not paying attention to what it sounds like to the people out there if we can hear each other then it, it's easier to perform obviously but yeah those conditions uh to have a good sound on stage have good crowd sound that's that's where the big money is at we don't have the big money so then we got to deal with what we deal with and sometimes we play places where both those things do line up like you know not as much as they don't but still you've had a situation i'm sure there's one gig where you're like everything went right that night 
the crowd was there. They heard everything. We heard everything. Right, exactly. Yeah. We know? heard the same thing. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, you were saying that actors with green screen, sometimes you can't fully get into the moment that you're trying to present. Right. It's hard to inhibit to, that because you're like, you're trying to make it happen, though. For yeah. These yeah. That are there to see you. You know, you're trying to make a moment, but you're not fully within the moment because there's hindrances. Which is stage sound. Yeah, and the shit all cuts out or whatever yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, it's funny. It's happened to us before. The power turns off half the stage or something like that. Oh, yep. Oh. Yep. That's happened okay. to all of us, dude. It's happened to me with seven. Get, it's happened to me on the mics. Be on the mics and get that super shock, dude. It's Never like, got that. Never you got, haven't got the shock, dude. No. I've got shocked before where it's like seeing it's just like, oh, you know, makes you stop for a minute because, like, you know, can't really fight that. You know, even if you know. I uh, <laughs> actually performed for with a wireless for quite some time. That's probably why. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. okay. Nice. I, 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 I had gotten a good deal on a wireless system through uh, Paul Ryan at. Uh, oh hell yeah! Guitar Origin Center. And, uh, guitar Center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, so that's probably why I've, I had lowered my chances of experiencing something like that you know i still have played performed with wired mics and mm -hmm. all that shit too but um no i didn't even know that they, that could happen so what causes that the grounding yeah Just, it's not grounded out right or it's not whatever you know I mean, it's yeah. all like electricity, right? We're playing through it. We're tapped into it. We are electricity. You know, it's just one of those crazy. I've had it too, enough. like with mic stands too. Whatever, I had like 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 bottom of my teeth. Whatever, have it like chipped off because you get a, a mic stand and you know you get a mic into your teeth. Yeah, I busted myself in the mouth with a mic yeah. a few times. Time of that, you're just like, oh. So I saw. I there was this one little chunk of time where uh, it was almost guaranteed that I bite the inside of my cheek while performing. I knew it was going to happen every fucking time. Just there'd be some part where my mouth was just going too crazy and I'd fucking, I'd chomp down on the side of my cheek, dude. And I'd just be like, Oh, there it is again. And then finish the, the you know, the, the set with blood in my mouth and fucking, it was just this weird thing that, and it would always be the same side. Like th maybe there was this one, part of a song that i didn't realize my jaw was doing a weird tweak action to catch huh. my cheek in it perfectly because it, it would happen rated. almost every time dude that sounds very like a uh, performative almost like a like a travis ryan or like a lord worm like a level of just like added element to the show whatever i know yeah. travis like will like will spit you know and catch it and all that kind of shit That's oh yeah to watch him dude it's been fun to watch them you know get blow up and like and become bigger and oh yeah we got we got stuff. to see them like kind of like through the our area like kind of slowly be the band that they're they were the band for a while that people were like oh they're opening again we were like people were like bummed like oh cattle's opening again and now they're the headlining band that everyone wants to see and i'm like fuck yeah like watching them kind they of that hard that. too yeah they're yeah good, man. like them they're... putting the work in and just getting you know they got signed to a major label did the things and i remember like seeing things at the pound where like people would be heckling them and that like like booing them or like i remember one time like we must have played a show with them but travis was like he's sitting there just going like he's making all these crazy faces he's like spitting He's just nailing this this dude's like he's like fuck you he's nailing him he's like nailing him in the face every time he's like boom oh boom. shit and just like keeps nailing the dude in the face like this fucking sniper accuracy with a spit and uh 
I was like, damn, there's going to be a fight. And there, there wasn't, but it was still like people were like heckling them in, in the pound scene for a while. And, um, and to see them like once they got, um, fucking my fucking bro and I'm drunk, I can't remember his name, the drummer, uh, sleep terror drummer, Dave, uh, Dave. Once they got Dave involved in that band, that band just fucking flew. Like, because he, really brought that energy to that band that they needed like because they were they were swapping out drummers constantly back then Mm -hmm. like it was like a new drummer every tour it was and then dave came in which we knew was a freak of nature because he had played in my house while sleep terror when we were you know (laughs) and uh i remember just going like fuck this guy's a fucking goddamn legend and then he joined cattle and then their whole vibe changed and they became like a gnarly fucking death metal band like gnarly like whatever death whatever you want to call them they they jumped up levels with him and uh, they're like now a headlining band that's you know running the country running the world around totally yeah you gotta also give it to you're talking about travis and him being you know his antics and all that stuff um he his vocals expanded even more yeah. with that too. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's, like that's last impressive. time I had seen cattle, I was tripping out at the fact that there was quite a few dudes doing sing-alongs to their songs, and I was like, "Wow, dude, this is an interesting situation." Because Travis, you know, has these choruses and and other vocal styles that he uses in this extreme death grind type music and it makes it to where it's actually you know possible for sing-alongs to happen you know and that's actually rad as fuck they're they're not sounding like travis because travis is a (laughs) unique fucking voice but they're trying you know yeah the whole i couldn't try and emulate it under his like yelling Oh, like yeah, off the newest one, like that kind of stuff. Of the well, new, off the, the last couple, where he's like, oh, yeah, "Okay, we're doing more." He has like this, like yeah, uh, it's like a weird camp. note kind of thing, almost. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, it's like, I, yeah, he's he's almost he's almost singing with mm-hmm. the extreme vocals, and it and sounds like a growl so and a scream bands. at the same time. Yeah. So many bands have taken what he's done, and like Lorna Shore and, and bands like that with the, the tongue stuff, and like. The different angles oh, of the tongue, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah you know, okay, okay. You see that how like Travis is kind of like was the Black Sabbath of it, and now right, there's bands sure. doing it now and, and getting different kind of sounds with it. And I uh, think that's really interesting too because I see a lot of the popularity of like um, I see uh, podcasts or like or a, a, occasional like pages or people who talk about like extreme vocals and now like there's like this like vocabulary that's attached to it now it's like fry vocals there's other kind of stuff yeah, yeah, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not 100 like what's what and different things. i know like inhale exhale right like they're hearing mm, air yeah, going yeah, yeah. in and out and that kind of like concept of calling stuff what but um for me it's always interesting that like it brought up earlier it's like i'd never seen any of these places or people get it from like pioneering or like original like 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 people like what, what they thought about or like what they're trying to pull from or what their body experience is like when they're doing it you know what i mean yeah yeah like i remember like community wise and like where like middle community has always been so cool and so kind of like inclusive I remember seeing when i was like 19 or 20 seeing uh, at slims in san francisco seeing uh, a cannibal corpse play and me and my buddy uh nick shout out uh stayed and we got to like meet some of the guys at cannibal like we saw rob bear he left and, like took a took like a taxi he's like i'm gonna go to the bar like thanks you know 
like talked to Alex Webster for a minute. He was cool. Paul came by. He was going to go rest. Like Pat, like he just went to the bus. He left wherever. Uh, and like Corpse and I didn't come, but like, but like we stayed. It's like only two people. And it's like 45 minutes later or something like that. So like he comes around the corner and yeah, dude, like talked to us for like, for like an hour, dude. And like that's like total yeah. dork, total into so into it at the time, you know, asking him all these questions. And I, I'm like, I talked to Anthony, like we, I brought the same part when I talked to him at the Cannibal Corpse show, like a month ago, I was like, I was probably the same way. I'm just talking to like a corpse grinder, like, uh, in like that, um, SNL bit of like a Chris Farley like interviewing fucking Paul McCartney. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, so like how was that's that? like that was that that was it a hundred percent of the time when I was talking to Carl. I was like, remember when you were in in Monstrosity in uh and then you had like the seventeen second scream on the uh, on the demo, but the record's only eight. You remember that? Like it was like it was verbatim that kind of shit, and he was so yeah, just like that. you were like that was so much, yeah exactly, and he just says yes, and you're just like oh yeah. Cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like so childlike, dude. It's it's so good, you know. It's so wholesome. I've been him so yeah. many times. He was so like nice, that. dude. He was just so yeah, just like Oh, okay, yeah. you know, and I and I was just like, Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah, like yeah. like what do you want a crown to or something? Yeah, it's, it's so good, dude. <laughs> no, I remember uh still would love to have him on the show, dude. Yeah, it was me and me and Dan Kenny, and, and Dan Kenny's like texting him, like, Oh yeah, we're gonna go meet up with Corp Crander and stuff, and I was like, Fuck, like this is like kind of a big deal for me. And because uh, we're like, me and we're like, you know, hanging out in our own hotel room. He's like, all right, you want to go chill with Corpse Grinder? I'm texting him. He's going to come down. It's like one in the morning and like uh, in Vegas. And like, he's like, yeah, dude, we're going to meet up with him. And like, I'm like, okay, let's go. And we go. And Corpse Grinder comes. And then Dan Kenny like hides behind a bush and like throws a bunch of shit at him. And he, he's just so pissed off. <laughs> I'm like, sick, dude. Hey, I'm Joel. Nice to meet you. Who's my friend? He's <laughs> like, they go to like, they've been to each other's Thanksgivings, though. They're like very yeah, close yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I was like, cool, dude. Thanks for uh, throwing water at him when I got to meet him. For the first... I mean, yeah, I've, 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 I've shook his hand and talked to him many times, but just like, fuck yeah, good set, blah, and all the things. Yeah, but yeah, like, yeah. He's like, we're gonna go party with him. And yeah, like, it's on cool. personal time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's yeah, yeah. like, fucking. He's all, fuck you. He's all like, he's a big dude too, dude. You I know. know what I mean? Totally. Like... You talk about split slims. There's like a, a legendary thing before I even, you know, was even playing in bands and stuff like that. Um, well, we went around the corner in slims because you know you go slims walk around the front and you make that right turn, go around the corner, mm -hmm. and Animal was about to go on, and it was just corpse grinder by himself. <laughs> And he was just—he was just circling. He was Psyching just himself up. He was, no, he's windmilling, warming his neck up. <laughs> he was windmilling by himself. <laughs> and I was like, "You seeing this right now?" That's <laughs> so metal, dude. That it's just like it doesn't even no like, music. like. But it's like, and, and that's what is a crack up to like the mainstream at large that you like if you see like a death clock or metal officer it's like they don't realize that it's like dude that's a real person dude yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's totally. the jokes on you dude it's like know, it's totally. real dude that's yeah, like yeah. the best part it's, it's, it's so exactly. good like you said nobody around no music just... yeah he's he's got that neck he wants to make sure it doesn't pull a muscle or something he's dude that's like, one of the funniest parts up. for like us as a band like practicing live and like rehearsing and just for me too like getting into it like we're like you know like when it's allowable in terms of singing or whatever and the going on is it like headbanging or getting active or doing parts on top of like what you're saying? I'm just like, oh, getting older, which is like legit because you're like, oh, my neck, or like, yeah, oh, yeah. fuck, or like, oh, this is hard to move and play. Just like the headbanging portion, and then just like the equilibrium after a minute, 
for me, it's like all I'm talking about all these timings and whatever. For me now, too, like the biggest part is just I need enough time that I can be sure that I'm not going to fall over after I've like <laughs> reset myself to be like, okay, I got to be stationary and do like the next thing. <laughs> yeah. So that part's funny of like headbanging for hell long. Then if you go a little too whatever, down. throwing your vision like, balance everywhere, just like. <laughs> oh, I got to really concentrate on my yeah. feet being straight down because it's yeah. not feeling that way. Holy you know what I mean? Shit. It's so so good. And you got to walk up to the mic and do some vocals. <laughs> yeah, that shit gets funny, dude. You're just like, oh, dude, this used to be kind of easier, maybe. I don't know. It's like... God, well, dude, this this is a this is a rad talk, dude. We're three and a half hours in. Yeah, yeah I was about to do the same thing. I got bonus a, material. I got I to gotta make... Uh, <laughs> A drive back to where I'm gonna sleep tonight. So I'm like, fuck, dude. Yeah. But this yeah, is yeah. really sick, dude. I had a great time. Ian, you were a great guest. I'm glad that uh <laughs> thanks for having me, man. I invited you on, dude. Um, you're more than welcome to come back on again too. Any what's yeah. is Burn, Burning Palace gonna be playing any shows? Hey, yeah, show. just on the on the exit out here. Yeah, we're playing this Sunday, eleven nineteen. Uh, oh, yeah, Rosa you mentioned that at the Arlene yeah. Francis Center. So that's our last show of the year. We're playing a headlining set, playing for an hour. Got a lot of spooky shit planned for it. And we're playing like four or five songs off our yet to be released second album. That's nice, going to be out dude. on Total Distance Worship next year, 2024. It's already out for me. <laughs> that's true. I did send him the advanced copy, so he can, oh, yeah. he can hit you with that. I'm trying to uh, raid Megan right now, but. Because everyone's giving, because we we're on like multiple things and Twitch, you like raid people, you know? Yeah. Where you like send people your people that are watching, and people are just watching, like, fuck, where are you sending me, dude? (laughs) (laughs) Um, fuck. Well, thanks to the chat. Thanks to, uh, thanks everybody. Thanks for hanging out. All, uh, all you guys and and shout out to John Andrew. Yeah, dude. Shout out to my dad, dude. Love you, dad. Yeah, that was, yeah, dude. That was sick. (laughs) So, so oh and too real quick, I get a shout out to Bob Cook, who said earlier the old uh, a punk rock legend. Uh yeah. yeah, man. And just shout out to all the all the old folks in Santa Rosa who have been jamming and some of the local acts we've been playing with more. It's like uh let me see who comes to mind. Uh, it's Sunless, they're from Minnesota. We, we 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 play with those folks. Uh Logistic Slaughter, we go back with them. Nice. Uh Vile Rights, we play with them a few times. We met our friends Karst in LA recently. Uh, laceration from up here in Santa Rosa, mortuous down in the bay. So there's uh, there's quite a bit of talent and people who we've been playing out and look forward to playing more with. So nice, dude. Cali Death okay, Podcast, man. dude. Hell yeah, Hell yeah, dude. man. Thanks for coming on, dude. We actually had a fucking great conversation, man. I, yeah, I, I really. No, that's uh, good, man. Dude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's good, good cut up with you guys, dude. It's good yeah. time. Good shit. All right, guys. Well, uh, Battleforge Coffee Generator Rehearsal <laughs> That's where I'd like to vacation. That one in there. That that pull up the palm trees one more time, dude. Ah, don't you just want to fucking be there right now, dude? Not right now because I'm tired, but like tomorrow. <laughs> but like, oh, wait. wait, okay, but yeah, you're tired. You go to sleep and then you wake up and that's outside right there, dude. Uh, it's like, yeah, we actually have storms coming our way, so it'll be sick. Sick, dude. Well, just imagine yourself there. All right. All right, guys. Love you guys. Right. I'll see you, you guys. next week. Get safe, Anthony. Okay. Get safe, man. Yeah, dude, yeah, for man. sure. And uh, Ian, we'll we'll chat, dude. Yeah, That's man. Yeah, we'll hang out soon, dude. That was fun. Thank Rock you guys. Yeah, man. Shout Get out. Safe, man. Bye. Peace.